Hemshechayim Beis, Volume 1, we're in beginning of Chapter 124. If I could put it in succinctly in one sentence. Spheres have three definitions. Number, story, brightness. And the fourth one, book, sefer, or cloth. The parchment, in other words, the field of white energy upon which everything is placed. All the ink, all the... Oh, actually, the story is written on the parchment. There you go. So, and the numbers for sure. So the white parchment and the brightness are essentially the highest level that he's discussing. So earlier on, you can say in the early chapters when he was just was beginning to address the idea of spheres from the word number, misper, he was talking about the finite and how the finite sees the infinite. And if I can say... When we come to the last period, the last interpretation of Sapir, it's now the spheres are within the infinite, the brightness, and, the, and their ultimate brightness is where the infinite light that's not colored. You know, it's like think of it, the white, plain parchment where there's nothing on it yet. That's the most brightest part. As soon as you write a letter, even if the letter is going to tell you something, the letter itself is darkening, even if it's engraved letters. That's the whole point. Exactly. You know, visualize this one second. And now, however, how does the cloth, how does Bligvul look at Gvul? How does infinite look at finite? So spheres cover these both sides. How the finite travels and sees the infinite. Misper, remember from misper to lay misper, number to beyond number. Uh, then there's the story, which is of course in between plays. The story tells the story of the finite and of the infinite. And now how the infinite looks at the finite. And we're now back to answering the question asked 41 chapters ago in chapter 83 which is, what does it mean that there's spheres in Bligvul? And we'll read it again, but basically he's going to answer, because if spheres were just number, you're right, number and Bligvul don't match, number and no number. But if spheres also have a definition, that they are numberless, in the sense that they are pure brightness, pure whiteness, then yes, then there are spheres, then there's spheres as a gilly, as a, the, the white parchment. Now, Atik, and even higher, Atmos obviously is beyond all this uh, parchment. It's not even bleakful. You can't even call it brightness. So the cloth, if you think about it, the parchment, even the clear, plain, uh, clear, uh, what's, what do I want to say, blank slate, is also compared to Atmos already a lavush. Because doesn't need a, he doesn't need a parchment altogether. But compared to the lower levels, the parchment, the white color, the colorless color, is obviously uh, the brightest state possible. So in the world of brightness, of clarity, the clearest point is in Bligvul. Beyond that, that, that too is a darker level compared to Atmos. That's why it's a Lavush, because Atmos is beyond brightness, even beyond clarity. It doesn't need clarity. Light and Gilui doesn't exist by him. And then, in the world of Gili itself, the brightness starts to diminish as you begin to, Gol of Galifu, as you begin to engrave letters in it. First engraved, and then written, and then concealed, and then the pasais, the curtains, and all the levushim. So this is a good way to really look at the whole picture. You're talking about how something comes from a very pure state beyond definition to a pure state of definition to beginning to take shape, which is the existence, structure of existence. And this is hinted to, of course, all in the word sphere. Oh, you want this? No, the white, the white parchment is that uh, aliyah sarotzim. What? In there is the aliyah sarotzim. No, the, the the desire arises in there. First, you need the field of energy. The parchment is the field of energy, basically, in, in the highest level. Then there's definitely a parchment with his air. Yeah. 
Then there's a state of the parchment that like he said. There's really the, 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 let's put it this way. In the field of energy, which we, which we call when the non-existential becomes existential, you have now as, as simple as it gets. I'm not getting into all there are levels in that too. There's how it's an atmos and how atmos sees it. And obviously, we're not talking physically. It's, it's really conceptual levels, basically. In that purest form, um, you can call that, you know, just a plain parchment, hypothetically. But then, if you remember, in the end of the last chapter, he did say that there's also the root of the Erpnimi is there. So the real pure parchment is Erha Bligvul. But in there will also be the root of the Erpnimi, the root, and it's not yet... And then there's the levels where... There's the, letters on it. Yeah, put that's, why, that's why it's the root of the Erpnimi. Yeah, but there's a state which, which, but there's a state that's even beyond the potential to write letters. There's also that type of state. And the same parchment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because remember, the field of energies, everything, everything that's going to happen in existence is going to happen on this parchment. So whatever happens is happening here. The question is, how far are they? How far are the things that happen from the pureness and the purity of the actual bligvul? So when you say the erha bligvul in its full glory, what it's going to evolve into is going to be the sherish of sevuf I mean, the truth is that he really defined it as three levels. There's the the pure. Er Atzim, but he's calling now the Er Atzmi. He's not talking about his pastor's Er. The Er Atzmi, as we discussed yesterday, is simply only the concept of Gili, that God wants Gili. And I don't even know if that you can really call the parchment even. I'm almost sure that's not. Yeah, correct. And I think it is, because he's saying Svirus and is in his pastor's Er and Hadar. Ahoyd is not that yet. So clearly there's a state of pasha of Enchanami. Uh, in other words, it's the concept of the parchment, not the parchment, so to speak, if you could put it that way. It clearly says it that. It's so bottom line is, there's the field of energy more conceptual. Then there's the field of energy that becomes uh, brightness. It's brightness. Then there is... But that the, brightness contains the bleakable and the gvul. Yeah, everything. Once I, once I, but there's no gvul yet. Once I, then comes, then comes and, I, and I think that's the state where there's infinite spheres. Po- infinite possibilities. Huh? Where are we right now? Hodor, Hodor. We're in Hodor. This pastor said, Etzma, Atmos, Etzma, which is Atik, in the, or, or oh. Etzma, the Hoid, right? The Hod, is, is the king in his own glory. There's no relationship with anything. But he has manifest. There is now, you could say, you could basically say it's like the king, well, the king, God is not even a king. It's, the concept of Gilead has begun. He's, he, he, uh, uh, then comes his pastor's air, where it becomes where the nation can recognize it. There's details, but not details as in Gvul. Details simply only because there's now there's something to hold on to. So this would be called the cloth. This would be the white parchment. This is where there's an actual like. Essentially, the artist has now decided to take out and create an infinite canvas mm-hmm. upon which he's going to do things. This infinite canvas right now is infinite pot spheres and cats, I would say. And a canvas of infinite idea of possibilities. Or both, and also an infinite canvas. It also doesn't have limits. That, that, that's what I meant. In other words, it's not uh, five by five. Mm. Yeah, in other words, it's it's uh, it's in every possible way. It's about, both in its extent. Remember, sphere there is not just there's no it's not spheres and cats doesn't mean chachmabina, and they both and each of them go all the way. Encades it means there's, there's no ten. It's infinite spheres. There's no chachman being it. Then he arises. The sheer atzmei He wills 
Yeah, that's Harich. What we spoke till now is Harich. Now comes that he rises. Remember, we spoke these levels, if you remember, with Adenu Zenu, yeah. and we spoke Baruch, Baruch Shomar. Exactly. There were similar ideas there. If you recall, that's where it was all spelled out. Yeah. I have to go back to exactly define each level, but that's exactly. Remember, there was a state. Baruch Shomar was before Baruch Hu. Who was already. You say who means there's a possibility. Who is like Arich? And Baruch Shomar is like Atik. I'm almost sure that's what he said. Rad Law. Yeah. Then comes. In that now comes the next step is Shiratsmi. He desires existence, which means he's allocating now um, ten energies. Remember, because that's also the root of energy. Then there's also another track going on that he's obviously he wants to have containers because there's no there's going to be no definition without the containers. Okay. So there's two aspects: there's how he wants how the how the energy. Wants the struct- how the energy relates to structure. That's this is Sher's Er Pnimi now. So Arich would be, in this case, the cloth itself would be the root of Sev of Klamen. When it will later manifest after the symptom, all, all Kessers will be going directly to linked to the Er Habligvul. So it's the root that remains existence. Even after he wills, he begins creating, he begins to shape ten spheres, there's still that other level. That other level doesn't disappear. The canvas remains a, a full functioning entity. Well, hold on. Now he wills the ten. This is the ten hidden spheres. All the way to Machus of Ainsof. The letters emerge from the, from, the, from the canvas. But this is also before the symptom. One second. So right now, if, if, without a symptom, all this, nothing would happen. Why? Because all this is submerged in the canvas. The canvas, the whiteness, the pure whiteness of the, of the cloth, of the parchment, dominates. So even though he wants to put in the ten, but he's not painting yet because he needs to conceal that Er Habligvul that's overwhelming it all. Think of it like an ocean that has objects in it, but the ocean is now dominant. So even the Er Habligvul and the Kayach Habligvul are all concealed within the Er Habligvul. But the Er Habligvul has, has already allocated Shiratsme for the ten. So it's, it's all still on the artist. Where's the Rishima? There's no Rishima yet. The Rishima is the root of the Rishima will be the containers the the power that is there. There's no Rishima yet. Now comes at Simpson. At Simpson conceals the whole whiteness, the whole dominance that was dominating of that intense intensity of divine consciousness. All the whole Erhabligvul is all concealed. The Erhagvul is concealed. Everything's concealed. What remains is a impression, a Rishima or a residue, an impression of what? Of the Isis. Of the artist envisioning the ten spheres. But it's only mute by the or. The, no, the mute by, by the limited. And it's a complete. It's, it, for all practical purposes, it's complete right now. You can just confuse matters if you start bringing the diminished parts. For all practical purposes, it's a black hole now. Everything is concealed. Later, we'll learn that the Kav, when it emerges, it has elements from before, so it's not complete. But right now you have to say, remember, because for the purpose of containers, he has that question far earlier, if it's only me, for the purpose of containers, for the purpose of, of ten uh, images to emerge in the canvas, you have to hide everything. You have to hide and, and remove, every, conceal everything. Then comes the kav. The kav is like the pen, or the, the quill, that interacts with the letters and begins to bring them into reality. And now you have Eris and Caleb starting to actually beginning to emerge. You know, an Ak, you could say, is the whole picture on the canvas. And then, but it's, Ak is primarily energy. 
Now we're talking after the symptoms. So you're no longer talking within the artist. You're no longer talking within the bleak vul, envisioning vul. Now you're talking an actual structure is beginning to emerge. And also a spiritual one, because it's not physical. And now, until it comes to point, three stages. The first stage is that ten hidden spheres, it's all still amorphous. The kav is a line, but it's still not yet shape ten. And then natsilis is where the structure emerges. Now we have Eris and Kalim commensurate with each other. You have an image. You can look at Chesed, Gvura, Teferis. They're balanced. There's a harmony going on, etc. Then come the next stages where it starts concealing even further. It starts concealing even the aligned structure. So Atzillus basically gives you a divine structure. So you have structure. Now starts the concealment of the structure till the point where we just have containers or garments, as I said, cloaked in many, many, many levels. And then we retrace the steps. That's the picture, more or less. Now, obviously, there's far more to talk about. Energy, even the Kav, draws down energy from before the symptom. We have, remember the whole discussion, the effects of Sevav Kalam. We have the effect of all the Ksarim. So the Erhab Ligvul, the original canvas, the original white, plain white, Blank slate, so to speak, is also impacting. How does it impact? Remember, Mr. Snefesh, difference of the Tiriyala, Tata, and so on. So there's an impact of those so-called transcendent forces. But but the, but the, the primary thing that we are contending with is a, is imminent energy within containers that is deeply concealed. That that is more or less the process. I think that's a, a very specific summary. And of course, it breaks down to more. The more you break down, you start going to more and more. But this is more or less how it works. Speak English. No muscle, what? No example? The kav, I just said, it's like the quill. Think the kav, kav hamida. Kav means a line that measures. The kav is the thing that actually measures the flow. It's the flow of energy toward each level according to what it needs. So, what's the muscle of the ink on the the ink on the parchment is the letters. Is the letters that are envisioned, the Kayach Agvul. He said, he said Kalim. Right. He said right here, there's the letter, the Kalim. And the root of the containers. The root of the containers is way, the better way to put it. The will, the will, the will to have letters, if you want to put it that way. Not actual letters, obviously. But the will, the envisioning of the letters. There's two parts to it. There's the envisioning of the letters as containers that will receive like the Al of Bays, and then there's the energy that manifests in Al of Bays. The white around the letters, the energy which is the white. Exactly, exactly. And then there's the white around the whole thing, which is which is the Bligvul. Actual letters. I don't know you got that from someone, but it says that Befeish, that when you say, for example, the letter has to be surrounded by the cloth. So there's two aspects to it. There's the letter, like for example, if you write an Aleph, there's two whites going on. There's the white around the Aleph, and then there's the white within the Aleph, because it's aligns. So there's a white that's also measured according to the Aleph. When you write an Aleph, besides the fact that the whole letter has to be surrounded by the entire cloth, the entire parchment, the letter itself has elements of it that are white and black. The ink, you know, the line, let's say, is black, but then you make the two top and bottom, so there's ink inside. So that's more commensurate. That's more like the air primi, the root of the root of the, the imminent. The thing is data hmm? Yeah, data yeah, exactly. Which is 
the, the entire backdrop. Everything takes place in that. And the story is written on this. That's the that, that's 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 the chiddush. Story is already the way the idea is on the class of the Yeah. Where are we in Shemayim? Or it starts with it could start with chikik. It could start with engraving, but the engraving is also not a davar It basically levels. The letters start engraved. As I said yesterday, engraved can be through and through, but engraved. But engraved at the end of the day, there's a letter. That's what it means engraved. It's not the pure whiteness. It's not Eir HaBlikvul. Pure Brihiras, the purest form of clarity is when there's no letters at all. Is when the infinite light is just shining every possible way in every possible direction. That's where we're up to now. And that's going to be the answer. So spheres essentially are everywhere. Now the question really that remains, that uh, I will see whether you addresses it, is there spheres in the level of Hoid? In Eir Etzer? Because seemingly that's even beyond Behirus. I would say there are, but it's interesting if there are. There probably are. Are. Yeah, but it's probably the concept of spheres, not yeah. spheres as the brightness, but more the concept of air. So it's the concept of sphere. Yeah, he does, right, but right now he's. He, he, we're learning it inside. Let's learn it inside. Well, well, just tell me, where are we in changes to maturation? Before the chet, before the sin. Before the sin, you have is essentially the world of Asiya is aligned with the world of Atzilus, essentially. Not exactly. When, 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 when did this all happen? First day, yeah, first, first day, or is it just before? Spoken about right now. Just you asked me what year, the, what, what century the Simpson Marishan happened? Where was it? Yeah, this, this is exactly it. This is a joking question. This is a, 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 a What happened when it's happening right now? All that I just said. I understand that we're always being created. But yeah. But there's no when. There's no. Which literally at symptom is before existence, so there's no time. So it's like asking the question, why didn't God create the world? This is all Yom Rishon, so to speak. No, no, no. No, 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 there is no Yom Rishon. No Yom Rishon was created even. Is it with minor precious? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. First of all, the minor precious is the Tzimtzum. Without a Tzimtzum, there's no Bereshus. Bereshus borrow the Kim, remember that. That's number one. Number two, the Yem Rishon, by definition, is the first sphere. And we're talking here behind, beyond spheres. So, so, you, so there's no real way to understand it in time. You have to think of it, a God... Well, I'll ask you a question. Where, where is God in Sheshis and Bereshus? Where do you fit him in? What day was he created? It's a ridiculous question, right? Because he created it all. So forget about Eir now. Let's just talk simple language. God created Yem Rishon. So where is it? Elokim precedes Bereshis. Simple as that. So his Eir also precedes Bereshis. Even Torah precedes. What does that mean? 2,000 years. It doesn't mean time. It means Chachmabin. It means... So bottom line is... Yeah, but there's a level that's beyond levels. Even levels, even to say there's a level is already a, a, a something. Doesn't the time say why the why only five thousand? Because it took time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We discussed this. Yeah, but that obviously doesn't mean literal. It means because he wanted the process. There's a process that you see. We are bound. Yeah, all this is outside of time. You can't even think in terms of time. You start thinking in terms of time, you're in big trouble here. The whole thing won't make sense. We use examples in time to understand what's beyond time. For example, when I say that the artist. Is right now sitting and has infinite possibilities. Then he envisions one possibility. Then he decides to start painting it. 
where's that in time? That could all happen in a split second. Yeah, but there's a whole thing that the, the sixth day, everything everything was, wasn't in reality. There was no real time or space until really the sixth day, boom, and everything that was like envisioned and stuff like that. It was a structure. It was the artist putting it in his mind. No, 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 but you have to understand. But no, no, but you're going, this is the lowest levels. You're talking here levels after it's not even close. What we're talking is far, far beyond that. Because remember what it says in the Zayar, the Zayar asked the question, why does it say, it should have said, B'sheishis yomim osa Hashem es In six days God created. The Pasuk says, Sheishis yomim osa Six days God created. So the Zayar says, yeah, that's the Pshat. God created six days. He didn't create in six days. There were no days in which He created it. There was nothing there. There was no canvas even. Anyway, and to relate to all of this, you have to understand that there is a dimension in time that's beyond time. As paradoxical as that sounds. Right now, in the t- moment where we are right now, everything exists. But we are bound by time. So we, An example I often give for this, just to give a little, if you want to visualize a bit. Think of like this. Think of a, you're riding on a boat down a river. The river is the river of time. Where you are right now, you look at the banks of the river is the present. You see whatever you see. Whatever was yesterday is up the river. You saw it yesterday, you passed by. But whatever is in the future is down the river. But you right now here, all you can see is what you see. That's it. Now imagine a bird flying, which sees yesterday, tomorrow, and today. Has a bigger picture of the banks of the river. Flies down and lands on your shoulder on the boat. Now the bird is seeing what you're seeing. But... It remembers and has the capacity to relate to the bigger picture. Now, think of the bird as the neshama, and you on the boat is the goof. The neshama has a sense, because it's spiritual, of a bigger picture, which is why we're able to plan ahead, why we're able to look at Purim and say, even though it was nine years or seven years, connect the dots, there's a bigger picture. Why we can say Golis is very difficult, but there's a bigger picture, it's leading toward Mashiach. So if you live in the moment, which we all do in the here and now, all you care about, all you know is what you feel right now. Now I'm in pain, and that's it. And what are we taught? Everything's part of a process. And I once saw a beautiful way it was depicted. I don't remember where I read it somewhere. Two children had lost their parents at a young age. So their uncle was talking to them, and they were like, you know, painful. They were in a field. So they saw an apple that had fallen off the tree. And the apple was half rotted and ready, like almost being absorbed in the ground. You know, there's a point where it gets absorbed. It's like, a, like miraculous. And literally... You could see it like preparing to regenerate. So he says to them, he points, they, they say, what's that? So he said, that teaches us that everything is on its way somewhere else. You know? And we see that. That's why examples of seeds, or like in this case the apple, you know, we think we think everything is frozen. We live in a, in, in a very uh, it's a plastic world. Everything is frozen. There's nothing frozen. Life is all about movement. We human beings are the only ones that are unnatural and created the concept of a couch potato where you can just sit and do nothing. There's no, show me an animal that works that way. There's no such thing as an animal doing nothing. Just hang around. You know, let's, let's shoot the breeze or something. Let's go to 770 and, and, and hang out. Huh? Um, there's no such concept. Look at little children. Anyone that's natural is moving. Life is a movement. But we created films and we created still pictures and we have... We like to, you know, we, we, we're, uh, we, we harden things. Death. Death is st- static. Life is movement. But movement doesn't just mean you move around. Movement also means history moves. 
you're part of a process. Your parents were before you. Your children are after you. It's a genera- It's movement, 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 movement. You see, all people that were alive, the Rebbe was alive. Every movement, movement. I remember when Vyshinsky, the photographer, came. He started photographing the Rebbe. He came to do a project for a magazine. His specialty was photograph- motion, motion photography, which is a special art. You know, high speed. People like ballet, uh, horse racing, uh, you know, sports. We have to capture movement in a picture. It's not just a face. That was his specialty. He told this to me. He said to me when he began to photograph the Rebbe, and he was like a perfectionist, this artist, also with all of his eccentricities, hulu hulu. Um, he said that the pictures, and he was he used, he used to um, develop his own photographs. He said, yeah, he told me. He said they were not coming out. And he realized why, because he said you always have to have the cooperation of the person, of the subject you photograph, if you're real photographs. Obviously, we don't. We just take a picture. You don't need the cooperation. He says the Rebbe was not accepting that he's a photographer. So he wrote to the Rebbe in Russian a note, saying that he's doing a project, and he would like the Rebbe to agree that he could photograph him. He said after that, he was able to photograph. And that is a miracle. Then I said to him, what does that mean? He said, and he told me. He told me an interesting thing. He said from all the motion photography he ever did, the Rebbe was the fastest mover he ever saw. Not that he walked fast, but his movements. He says his hand movement. This was. He said, it was a sign of real life. So I said, anyone that you know that you photographed a sign of death? He said, yeah. And he told me some names, which I won't repeat. He says, you could see it. They always look the same in every picture. He says, the Rebbe never looks the same in two pictures. Because his face is always moving, he's alive. And life is movement. Not just the eyes, the sparkle. He says, the Rebbe was a fundamental... He told this to me. And he's the, one, he's the guy that says, says, total atheist, I don't believe in anything. Then I said to him, so how's life? Baruch Hashem. You know, he went to the oil and he told the Rebbe that he should give him a blessing after Gimel Thomas. So he's like one of these paradoxical Russians. And trust me, the real paradox, because he's the other extreme. He, he's, he said, he's the one that told me the classic line after Gimel Thomas. He said, all this fighting you guys have, in history the only way you change things is you have to assassinate somebody. <laughs> he says, it's not, not going to work with diplomacy. If you, want, you don't like somebody, execute him, and you'll see changes happened. <laughs> There's a certain truth to it, but I was not going to repeat that. <laughs> I said it now for the record, but uh, I'm not advocating this. I'm saying it with shame, Emre. Maybe go a little. Huh? <laughs> but, but, but am I right? This is. Just, yeah, I, right. I don't mean anybody. Not from. So, so you hear? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. When he moved his hand by Kaisha Bracha and by other things. He told this to me. And he told me, he actually told me names of people. He says, I'll show you a picture. They always look the same. And it's the face of death. And I know how to capture their death. They look nice because they put cosmetics on. They, look, they make themselves look at He says, you could see it. You see they're static people. He could see it in the photograph. It was very interesting to me. I didn't ask him about me. I didn't want to hear that I'm a face of death or anything. So, so, so the, the, the jury's out on that. Um, anyway, the point that I'm making here is that... Um, that what is the point that I'm making? Our life. That I'm just trying to give an, a little visualization. You see, we're so trapped. You cannot imagine. I would say whatever you how how trapped you think you are, you can multiply it by a hundred, hundred percent. Because we don't even know our blind spots. And I think about it all the time. I think how many things that I process is it based on my static, you know, perspective of here and now, the material, or not. I think, when, like I keep saying, when you learn I am Bayes, it's supposed to, it challenges you. 
If it doesn't challenge you, if you don't feel uncomfortable, it's not a good sign. It means that you're uh, either fitting this into your model or you're totally not getting it. Because it's not about fitting it into to, to previous models. It's about challenging your perceptions of time and space and purpose and existence and so on. Okay. I'll put to give this bright Yisruchag morning. Yisruchag as in Yisru Nittle, whatever. <laughs> America is now going in, in its, into its seven-day or 14-day, you know, static football and so on. Sports is a good example, by the way. Like they say, baseball is uh, 18 people who don't need to lose weight are, in, are being watched by 70,000 who do need to. You know, 70,000 people who need to lose weight are watching 18 people who don't. So when people say, are they into sports? Yeah, I watch football every Sunday. Perfect example of death. The Rebbe didn't like watching anything. The Rebbe was a player. Who watches? The whole kind, by the way, can you show me anyone that watches? Show me anything in the animal, vegetable, or mineral kingdom that sits and watches. You watch by the parade? What? The Rebbe watched? He participated. He spoke. He, he, was, he was part of the parade. Let me watch the parade. The Rebbe was not an observer. Observant Jews was for other people. A participant. You ever see the Rebbe, how he's alive by a parade? The Rebbe was not a watcher. No, no, no. It's like the biggest insult you could say. It's, it's, it, it, it's like they say, people, uh, there are people who make things happen, there are people who watch things happen, and there are people who ask what happened. You just have to decide which one are you. There's no fourth category. There's the undecided, of course. But that's, as you can imagine what that is. I'm undecided. I'm not sure whether I make things happen, or I watch things happen, or I ask what happened. That's, that's even after, that's off the charts. I wouldn't even mention that. Right? It's like the guy who says, I used to think I'm indecisive, and now, now I'm not so sure. <laughs> that's the category, yeah. <laughs> it's a category. When they take polls, you come to someone, you say, okay, you, yes, no, or undecided. He says, I think I'm undecided. You know? <laughs> then that's a category. Then they give it a, 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 a statistic that 30% were undecided. <laughs> I told you the story with me, Simchustar. The Rebbe told me, my father, he also became a spectator. So I've chosen, I've, I, I have direct kaychus from above not to be a spectator. That's a spectator sports. Well, I'm not a journalist. My father was more of a journalist. I'm not a journalist. I am not that objective. <laughs> yeah. I, t- I ever told you Chaim Patek, um, I had a Shabbaton with him in, in Rutgers University at New Brunswick by Kalba. He wrote yeah, He wrote The Chosen. It's not best. That's a big book. So he grew up in a from home, then he went to Korea, lost his faith. Here's the whole story. So he spoke Friday night, I spoke Shabbos day. I'll just tell you briefly. It was very interesting. So he got up there and, um, and he said, that in the early 60s, late 60s, early 70s, when he wrote The Chosen, which became a major bestseller, Chosen was about a from Jew, about a son of a rabbi that loses his faith and has his whole soul searching. It's his own story, really. You know, he tells that his own story. He lost his faith when he saw in Korea, he went as a chaplain, and he saw such senseless death, he said, there's no God in this. Anyway, so, so he talks about his doubts and so on. You see there's a video, in Jen, there's a video, where you can see him sitting there, and the Rebbe talks about a writer using his 
him. Yeah, to, to not just write. Yeah, that was him. No, Wiener wasn't there. It, it was no, no, it wasn't Wiener. It was also Herman Wook. The three times the Rebbe spoke this: Wook and Wiesel and and Potak. One time was Potak. You could see clearly he's sitting right there. That when a person is blessed with God, with ability to write, the Rebbe says it's not just to write and entertain; it's to teach people Hashgacha Pratis, to see God everywhere. Because you're an influence and you have the power to influence. The Rebbe is, you know, kind of shit to that. When you use talented, not that you don't use it, you should use it for the right thing. It's the story of Natanya Alimur with my father, another for another time. Anyway, Potak said that someone came to him in the early 70s, Chabad guy, to convince him to come see the Rebbe. He says he didn't want to go see the Rebbe in Yechidus because he felt it would, these were his words, it would bias him. The Rebbe's charisma and power would not, not allow him to be objective. And he wanted to remain objective as a writer. So he's, but then he was being pressured, so he decided he'll make a compromise. He won't go in Yechidus, he won't go to personal audience, he'll go to Fabrena. And that's when he went in the early 70s. That's the video we have. Maybe he went more than once. And he was by the Fabre. And that was his basic gist, that he remained a writer and remains more or less objective, be able to write properly. So he didn't know who I was, and he didn't know what I'm speaking the next day. So then there were questions after he finished. So I got, I raised my hand. And I said, um, may I ask you a question? Yeah. What happens if God would have invited you up to Mount Sinai? Would you also not have gone because you would lose, you would lose your objectivity? He got so upset, and his wife was there too. They started yelling at me. <laughs> you know, like they were very insulted by the question because you know they got what I was asking. I said, "What do you, what, what, you know?" Anyway, afterwards we walked home. He didn't answer. He, did, he was all like frazzled by it. Uh, when we walked home, I told him who I introduced. Him. He knew who I was, and he said, "Okay," and I apologized. But the next day, I changed my whole top talk to talk about that. I said, you know, yesterday we heard Dr. Potak say that he's objective. He didn't want to see the Rebbe because he didn't want to be affected. I have to admit right at the outset that I'm not objective. I did meet the Rebbe and he affected my life. And whatever I say is, is no longer uh, uh, pure. It's, it's un- not unbiased. But I have a question to Dr. Potak. By making a choice not to go, that's also subjective. Because he didn't have the opportunity to see everything. I said, who in life is objective? Everything we do is, is subjectivity. He decided his subjectivity right. is not to see, not to go on the mountain. And Moshe Rabbeinu did go on the mountain. I said objectivity, and I said, the beautiful thing I would like to say is that I think Dr. Butler is a far higher level than me. Because if he felt that if he met the Rebbe, he would no longer have free choice. I met the Rebbe, and my Yetzirah is as strong as ever. So I'm very, you know, impressed that he felt that if he met the Rebbe, it wouldn't affect... And obviously I was being... Nice. I basically said that, look, even if you see the truth, God made it in a way, you still got free will. That's the, that's the paradox. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. I don't know why I'm just saying that. Cool. Yeah. So uh, he came over to me and says, that's a very good point you made. You know? He was there when you were talking. No, this is Yetzirah, it's either way. What's the difference? I saw he didn't see. He was, there, he was there Shabbos during the day? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was there all Shabbos. We were there together. He, we were the two, uh, we were uh, wow. double billing. He was Friday night, I was Shabbos day. I wrote it up some, I think I wrote up the whole article. It was very interesting Shabbos. Very nice, a lot of big problems, a big crowd there. It was uh, in Rutgers, uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey. I told you, you know my definition, you keep saying from, you know where I go. I don't know, I don't think he does this. That's what you ask. Huh?
He right now is, has his soul is back in heaven, so everything is fine there. I don't, on earth, I, I, honestly, I didn't ask. I don't know. And frankly, I don't even care. You know why? Because it's not my job. That's between him and God. And I don't. I never asked you how from you are. Huh? That, that's 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 cultural. That's not from. The Friedrich Rebbe told a woman who was in Yechidus, her name was Mrs. Denberg, not related to the Denberg, she gave some money for the yeshiva. The Friedrich Rebbe was blessing her in Yiddish and pouring on these blessings that in her schus there will be many students and they'll, they'll become leaders. She suddenly starts crying. The Friedrich Rebbe says, why are you crying? In Yiddish. So she says, the Rebbe is giving me the Allah, the Rebbe is pouring on all these blessings and I'm not even from... So it doesn't, you know, she was embarrassed. So the Rebbe said to her, Friedrich Rebbe said, Bezal, Lushen, you, you can live with this and I'm not going to give you any commentary. He said these words, Mein Tochter, Heinz Tog, from. My daughter, today we don't know who is from. So this is the word straight from a Rebbe, Shechina Midaberes Metagrene. Interesting. Why are you saying this is fact? How do you wonder? I heard it from reliable sources. Remember the people were in Chiddus with the Fidik Rebbe those days because of the strokes, so there was always someone there, most cases. The Rebbe was sometimes, there were a few others, there was Chaskind, there was... Who repeated the story? I heard the story. First of all, she repeated it, and second of all, I heard it from reliable sources. You don't have to trust it. I'm just telling a story. Why, well, too too much for you to swallow? Because at first I heard that the Friedrich didn't really have Yechidus in with Lomel. What? Really? Not. Nah, she gave money. She's, she's printed in Yal Air. You'll see her name. That she went in, that's for sure. Not, you know, talk about it. You could say you don't know. This. That's not correct. The Friedrich had had Yechidus. There was always someone there. I in most cases. And when you're saying the Rebbe is less from than Friedrich Rebbe. Nothing from Canada. No, we don't know who's from today. Right, exactly. Anyway, this is a story. Uh, I, look, to me, I, when I heard the story, I wasn't shocked because the content is uh, is everywhere. The, the words. I wanted to just share the words. Listen, take it or leave it. You could do the same like I said. I, I don't say you should take it on my word. Research it. I don't have. No, I, I, I'm telling you, don't take it. I heard. I rely on it. I, I didn't tell you, you should. So let's continue on. Page Kuf, uh, page Reish Mem, 240, chapter Kuf Chavdalet, 124. Since, since there's recordings here, I should make the announcement like the NFL makes, that no recordings or any uh, rep- uh, copies can be reproduced without written permission from the, from the sources. Kuf Chav Dalad, chapter one twenty four, page two forty. Valpizei Yuvan Ech Shashach Sfiras Gamba Er in Sef Abligvul. As I said before, that now that we know that Sfiras are far broader than just God uh, choosing instruments that structure misper a number or even telling a story. The spheres have in them the meaning of behirus and brightness. Based on that, we can say, we can understand the question asked 40 chapters ago 
how the Sphiris also in the Erbilgo. Until the Fiha Pirish, the Sphiris, and Lashon Sphiris Sabiris, had the Ikad in Zeshach Ben Sefabligo. Because according to this third interpretation that we've learned, that that, that Sphiris comes from the word Sphiris Behirus, which means brightness, the primary place of brightness is where is the Eren Sefabligo. So on the contrary, this interpretation is actually more in the infinite transcendent light, the, the way we said, the, the clear white parchment or canvas. Infinite canvas. Why? Because this is the level, this is the only level that is literally a revelation of the etzim itself. And everything that could be revealed is revealed here, as he repeated twice in the previous chapter. Another way to visualize this, by the way, using the artist, I think, I think this is a great way to visualize it. We human beings, we, are, we, we, we exist in a world of uh, duality. So everything is a subject and an object. You know? Like every sentence when you learn in grammar is that there's a subject, there's the person, and there's the object. I, Simon Jacobson, am speaking. You know, or let's have breakfast, or let's meet. So there's always the people involved, the person, and the object. There's always a th- there's a third thing, which is of course the connection between the subject and the object. So I'm an artist, and I will take now a quill or a brush. You see? And make a painting. Hey, is this me? <laughs> For the crowd. This is Ayin Bey's coming to life. This is Zadie? Yeah. You made a picture of me? No, Tati. No, that's Tati. Oh, Tati made it. Okay. The Rebbe said children like this are an example for Eden self-lifting at symptoms. So he walked right in the right place. Because when you see when they're in, in consumed with something, children, they're totally consumed. Nothing else. There's, there's no room for for ten spheres, for five spheres, for one sphere, for a million spheres. They're, they're completely... So that was a, a living example. Okay, so 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 what was I saying? So when we make a, when we take a picture, we make a picture. So there's you, the artist, taking ink, a brush, a canvas, a palette, and creating something. So there's a whole bunch of items here. So you can say that you and your instrument... Your brush and the picture are three separate things. When it comes to the divine way of creation, no. The same instrument that shapes numbers also tells the story and also is the brightness that reflects the source. So God using the spheres, he basically it's multi-purpose spheres. They're doing many things at once. They're shaping, which is the number part, the structure. They're telling a story and they're also revealing just a way of putting it. Like you say, who hamadev, who yudev, who He is one with that. And the spheres are an expression of the divine. So that's gilim and etzamamsh. Vizel in your spheres shabayin and sof, and that's the meaning of spheres and eir and sof. Hainu b'chinas is pashtus eir. Hainu b'chinas is b'chinas is pashtus eir. And this is what means spheres and eir and sof. So we have eir and sof, and we have spheres and eir and sof. It's not the same thing. We're not saying Eir Sof is Sviris. We're saying in Eir Sof, which we're going to learn now is the Etzema Eir, in the field of energy that is beyond anything we have Sviris. Ah, if that's the case, I have to correct myself. It could very well be that the white parchment is Atik too. And the Sviris is the brightness of Atik. Because remember he said, Hodar is a Levush for Hoyt. Hoyt is it may be okay. Let, let me just see it inside. So, so spheres, where are the spheres in the spastus say? What is that? Or canal be in hide hod v'hodar. 
As we learned before, Hayden Hadar, Lavashta, which comes before Eta Er Kasama. We learned that in the Pasuk it says, Hayden Hadar, Lavashta, Eta Er Kasama. So Eta Er Kasama, he wraps himself in light like a shirt. He said, That's Eris and Kalim in Atsilis. Hayden Lavashta is a level before that. Where Hayd Vahadar, Hayd is like he said, the Hayd Etzema'er. Hayd is Etzema'er. Vahadar, who begins his pastor, says, Shubhinis Lavush. And Hadar is already how the king, how the majesty is manifesting, is expanding, expressing. And that's already a Lavush. Now, a Lavush is a Lavush to Hayd, but Hayd is also a Lavush, as we learned before, to Atzmus. One second. But ach, what kind of garment, however, is it? Like we said, it's not a garment, a concealer, like the garments that come later after the containers, lower than the containers. It's a lavush air. It's a lavush air. This is a garment of light. It's a garment of light. That reveals the etzem. Because remember, also Hodar is revealing the etzem. Hodar is revealing the hoid of the king. Because also the extension is revealing the etzem. So we're not talking about that Hoyd is revealing the core and Hodar is not. Hodar is the revelation of what Hoyd is, which Hoyd is the revelation of what the Etzim is. But Hoyd is as he is on his own. There's an expression sometimes they use as Gile La'atzmei. The air as it reveals to yourself and there's the Gile La'zulase. I don't know if this can be compared to these two. That may be a little lower, but it could similar. It has similarities to it, because it's the king as he's connected to the nation. That now, of course, there's no physical nation here, but conceptually, it begin. It's beginning an expression that can be related to something outside of his own core. He said clearly, Hoid is harder. There's not. What do you, I don't know what, by the, what mean, you mean by Simpson. I wouldn't say it's less at all. It's only expressed. It's expressed. By saying expression, you're right away saying that it's not the purest form, but it's but there's no there's no dilution here. Nothing has changed really. It's the king, the same majesty of the king is in his own private chamber, or he's standing on the porch and there's a big parade and everybody's watching him. So it's the same thing. Except one is uh, manifest in a revealed way and one is just in, as he is in his core level. As he is, no, there's no gili. <coughs> it's gili compared to etzem. That's what. That, that's it. Hoid is gili atzmus, and hodder is gili etzmaer. I just said to you. So, if, if one second, if hoid is the gili etzm and hodder is the gili of the etzmaer, so hodder is the gili of the etzm too. But it's the two different states. I explained this at length yesterday. Remember, Atmos is beyond Gilu. You can't call it a Gilu. So as soon as you say the word expression, like he said, if you go back to the previous page, he uses these words. The sun, the Kadar HaShemesh is the Etzem. The sun, the light within the sun is Etzem The light outside of the sun is Pashto That's, look at it like that. Yeah, this is the example he gave. It says, who says Gili has to be to someone? When the king has a majesty, there's the whole you learn the whole chapter. The king has majesty even if there's no one around. He doesn't need. He doesn't need. You're talking in, in a lower level. You need something. Yeah. He has majesty. That's how you do it. It's not Gili. Right. Exactly. It's a Gili compared to the Etzem because because the Melech doesn't even need majesty. Majesty itself is already an expression of something. It's a definition. 
He says like this. Anyway, I explained this in many different ways. I would suggest you re-listen to it because I'm not going to repeat everything. I said this in many different ways. And I even said that you're going to need a lot of thinking about it. If you remember that. So, I'm not going to... It's not going to take... It needs thought. But bottom line is, no, there's etzem, there's gili etzem, hoid, and there's hodr. Hoid v'hodr lavashta. Who's lavashta? Atzmos. So even hoid is lavashta. I don't know, but, but make it sound like yechelus is easier to understand when you use that word. Whatever whatever you understand. If it makes it easier, fine. I, I can't say that level is that level because it doesn't say that level. I probably think it's... it's I'm not, you know... Between Atzmos and this level. Yechelus is often used when we speak Eir Hakolol Batsmusei, the way the energy is is encompassed in the etzem. It's like how the etzem has the power to create air or to produce air. So maybe even higher than what we're talking here. What you're talking Yechelus Atzmus, because there is just completely. Here you're talking about. I mean. Put it 
you were connected for that one moment that you were in and out. What? Now it's now yeah something happened. Did you just what did you just do? Okay, the chair was on it or something. I don't know. Do you tell me why? If you if you don't mind, explain to me why Shmei is important. And now we'll go ahead. If it's so important, why wouldn't he bring it here? Why do you need to know where Shmei is? Well, I don't even know what Shmei means to me. Shmei means a name. Who Shmei? It's before everything. Why is that important? Because you simply read it somewhere. I know because I see this quotation all over. But all, but all over except in this chapter. So, so why? Why? The reason I don't, I'm, 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 I'm resisting answering because Shmuel is explained in five, six different ways. So I don't know which way to go, go here. I would refer you to Sefer Erchim where he brings a collection of all the different meanings. Shmuel can be Malchus Avensef. Shmoy could be the 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 air of the Esosphere Sagnusus. It can be the air of Sphere Saint Ketz. It can be the air of Arich, Hadar, and it could be Hoid. All these interpretations saying different Memorim. because well, all you really need to know with Shmoy is that there's something that's besides who. Now, by the way, who is also interpreted in many ways. Who doesn't always mean Atmos? Who could mean Hoid and Hodar is sometimes Shmoy. So that's my answer to you. you to, it, it really depends which my my motive. Shmoy in general is just a reflect is only a way of telling us that God is using an interface to connect with us. That's the real meaning of Shmoy. Like just like there's a level of air, there's Shmoy. Some places will say air, shame, kayach is all the same thing. Sometimes he distinguishes it. But for practical purpose is because there's a relationship between us and the divine. And there's levels, like I keep saying, the stepping stones. So when we, for example, just like you say God is named as Kale, Shem, Shem Kale is in Chesed. You're saying is, like the Medrash says, Nikra Maisi. When God manifests. So Shem is just a manifestation. So there's a Shema Etzem, which is usually Shmei. When you say Stam Shem, there's a Shema Shapratim. We learned this also. Shema Etzem, if you remember, Havai is Lavon. The other names are colored. But they're all divine forces. Remember we learned a few chapters back, the Shem Atzim is Lovan Atzim, is the Lovan Atzmi, the Gavan Atzmi. So when you say, so, so no, but you're seeing you bring the word Shem, I just showed you here, there's, oh, there's, there's, there's many ways to define Shem. I mean, we can, we can basically, every, every level here, we can download it all over the Exactly, that's exactly the answer. The point, why is it important to tell us that who Shmei Bilbat? Because I just told you, because it's like the majesty that he has, that is part of him, because the interface needs always two sides. It needs to be outside, it has to be something that relates outside of the godly, of the core, and has to be something that reflects the core. So Shmai is one example that does that. Eir is the real better example. So if you want to replace the word Eir and shame, you can do that. As I said, in different memorim speaks different ways. Sometimes shame is lower than air, sometimes the same level. It's at different levels in air. You're asking the same question. Why do you need levels before the Tzim altogether? The answer, I keep saying the same answer. There's no interface without that. There's no way to reconnect. There's no connection between us and God if there isn't something that is, has some godliness and has something that is of the structure. What's, what's, why is that... You can't say 
You could say whatever you want. The Pasuk doesn't say it. The Pasuk says, There's no I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a hypothetical question. The Pasuk says both, which means they're, they're both unnecessary. implies some kind of action ready. Is if kind of like the Almighty decided to, to, to play, you know, throw the dice, and then he just... But when he said that, who, Shmei Bilvad, it means like before any, 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 any... I don't know. I... I don't, I don't know what, what, what I, like, well, I don't know what, I don't, I, this distinction I don't understand the distinction you just made for me there's no actions going on altogether no no we are told that before everything was him and his name so it means his name is also Kodum Shmei Kodum and this is all everything is Kodum everything that he no. encompasses is Kodum so what's your point? I don't know. Uh, that's why I'm stuck. I'm stuck I understand. What you're, uh, that's the whole idea of air. On the, of the 20th uh, floor. I don't know. Somewhere I'm stuck in this. I'm why, anyway, why did it I, I would wait till we learn this inside. There's my mom that talk about this. The, what you're saying, there are my mom that discuss this directly. You're asking me whether air is kadam like kadmuse. Okay. Um... By the way, you could you could say the exact opposite, because you're saying mm-hmm. It says, mm-hmm. That's all lower levels. You could say the whole thing is talking about atzilus or bria. Now before bria, so you if you really want to, uh, no, for you, I'm just satisfying you. You shouldn't have nightmares, <laughs> since you're bothering you. Okay, So if you really want to go, you can put it in very low levels. And another thing, as soon as you say what does that mean? There's two. There's duality. There's only one God. Anyway, being that this is not the discussion of this chapter, and it's going to just confuse matters, I wouldn't go there. I gave you some sources you can look up if you're interested. And if you want to talk about it privately, we can talk about it. Practically, the only thing I would say is All these levels we're talking about, you can call shmei because they're all essentially uh, before the tzimtzum here. So we're talking about levels that are gili mina etza mamish. It's a pretty strong level. And trust, trust me, shmei is not who, right? So why, why is it better than hoid and hoder? That's also not who. It's etzem. Okay. Because also this pashtus, also the extension is a revelation of that. Because we're not yet talking letters, we're not even talking ten spheres, we're just talking revelation here. Well, the Yesei Bechinis is pashtus shayach sham inyan spheres. Ah. So in the etzimah, you can't even say brightness. But being that it's a pashtus, an extension, you can already say brightness. That's the answer, basically. The Hainu begins his galus ha'el sha'unyan to the inyan sfira. The revelation of energy, that's the inyan of sfira. Ubefrat lefimashin is barlel, and specifically according to what we learned earlier, Perikuf Chavbeis, you can see there's a lot of summation here of what we learned. Chapter 122, the Hodr who shabab pratim. That Hodr is already, remember, Hidur. Priates Hodr doesn't just mean a nice fruit. Is the details 
when you look for an essay that's beautiful, there's a lot of details in what makes it Hidur. Same thing with the king's Hidur. Hodar. So this is where he read Pratim. Because here, what, what's, what he's struggling with here right now, trying to explain here, is a very thin line. When you say Sphiris, you're saying something. You say something has Sphiris, you're already not talking about a pure substance. There is some type of um, alloy. Right? You're mixed in something, you're mixing in something here. If it's pure Eidbeligvul, which is this pure, shapeless energy, what's the meaning spheres? So fine, we've established it's not spheres from the word number, we've established it's not spheres from the word sipur story, it's behirus, it's brightness. But you're saying brightness in something. Eidein Sof, yes, spheres in Eidein Sof. It's interesting, you could just say maybe Eidein Sof is a sphere. That's not what he's saying. He says, On the other hand, we know spheres later and lower levels are going to be ten spheres. So it's true. Even the lower levels, and so on, the ten spheres, they have the three meanings. And when you say spheres, it also means ten brightness, ten levels of brightness. So what does spheres mean in Bligvul? You can't say it means ten, because that's a contradiction to the word Bligvul. As I said, white parchment, you have white light. There's no shape and form. So you can't define spheres by shape and form. So you're saying what spheres is now from the meaning behirus, brightness. That you could say. Even on a white, on white light, on clear white. On energy itself, you could say energy manifests the concept of brightness. That's what light is. It's bright. In the kalim, it shines through the kalim, like you said, a window, a clear window is a piece of matter that happens to be transparent. So light goes right through it without any resistance. But what about light itself? So light is brightness. Fine. But as soon as you say that, you're also attributing some property. The word brightness is a property. You can't say on the etzem the word brightness. You can't say God is bright. We're talking. Why? Because he's beyond bright, he's beyond concealed, he's beyond hell and beyond gili. There's no such definitions. So what do we have here? We have here a manifestation of a divine manifestation in what we call from built to Mitzvah Nimtza, it's moved to Mitzvah Nimtza. So it's an existence. So he's saying there's two steps in it. There's Hoid Vahadar. Hoid is the bright, the concept of brightness, but you can't call it yet Sviris until it begins to express itself in some way. So he spoke earlier about the king. The king is a majesty, even if he's alone in his private chamber. And then there's the majesty that you see, Bereva Hadras Melech, Hadras, you see when there's a parade. You see many people honoring him. But Revam. Why Revam? He doesn't have the majesty without the, the being honored. So he answered two things he said. One is Emel Ablayam is the nation. Uh, once they crown the king, they, a new level of Malchus enters into him. Which is why he now has a new dimension of awe. He's not, he's not just an appointee by them. He's asked the question. If the nation appointed the king, so it's like any minister. Why does he have such a... Or why, why, why they stand in awe of him? They just appointed him. He's on their level. He's higher than them, but he's like a minister. So he said, because the level of Malchus enters to him that's beyond the nation. And that's what creates awe. And then he said, the second thing he said, that it, really he had it before. The nation just reveals it in him. So in other words, we all have within us a very core element of the Malachim Heim. We have Malchus, an essence, essential majesty. So what happens? Well, if your parents don't treat you right, and people don't treat you right, and so on, the malchus can remain in your core, and you don't have self-respect. 
Why shouldn't we all have self-respect and self-confidence? Because what's happening is the Malchus has become concealed within you, and the outer level, the conscious life you live, you just a person doesn't feel self-esteem. That's Malchus is Behelem. That's called Malchus and Golos. We spoke before in the Phyllis HaMalchus. And then you need Hakamas HaMalchus. When Yaakov stands, raises up the pillar of the stone, he's lifting Malchus. When it says Mashiach will come, the Oslov is Hakamas HaMalchus. Churban Besamigris is Nephilus HaMalchus. When the moon is diminished, is Nephilus HaMalchus. That's what it's called. You read this HaMalchus. When it's lifted up, it's called Elias HaMalchus. So going back, so the king has it. What comes, what's ex- the expression of it is an expression of a core thing that can so say to you, yeah, you have all that, you have, you have, you have a godly chilek but he's behaving in a way that's completely contrary. The answer is, it's asleep. It's dormant. It's in you. But it's not expressed. That would be etzim a'er. And then there's ispashtus. So you could have the etzim is intact, but there's no ispashtus. I'm just giving an example for it. And this is all not the etzim. The etzim you is even beyond chelikalikal mamash. Chelikalikal is already a definition of your soul. The core is beyond that. As an as an example of humans, but but using what he says here, atzmus is beyond it all. Etzim eir hoid is that majesty that is there at a core level, not dependent on anything. But then where does sviris? When you say brightness, brightness sviris is when that is manifest. That becomes revealed. Now here, obviously, it's not yet revealed to anyone because no one exists yet. But the concept of revelation has now become uh, manifest. That's hoid v'hodar levashta. Then he goes on far. Especially, this is plain. Now to explain it further, especially when you take into account what we learned earlier. That hodar is not just beauty. You know, you could say, you know what, okay, the king in his palace, in his inner chamber, no one knows who he is. Now he comes out on the porch, or he comes out to the, the, the veldt, they see charisma, they see majesty. Not just that, he said, there's pratim involved. Priyets hodr doesn't just mean you see a nice fruit, there's details in the shape, in the, in, in the kmotim, in the whole thing, in the tzir, in the mara, the giddle, the, the giddle is the... Yeah. So there's details. So, so taking that in account, you can understand even more how there manifests an element of brightness. In other words, when you see the king, you can actually describe things. It's still not the king's commands. We're not talking about spheres yet, in the context of the king says, do this, go learn, do a mitzvah. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about the majesty itself is not just a general one, you can describe it. You can describe details about it, like we learned in chapter, like he said, one, uh, 122. So, so the protim in this pastus, that's the spheres. So this is now an additional element. The mere fact that it's expressed is number one. Number two, there's details. And now he's explaining to explain this, he says, I know that that, and this is like it's known in the Antuchad, you are one, but not the measurable one. We learned this expression many times. They said, you could say, I am based on somewhat of an explanation in Pesach Eliyo. So Antuchad, we learn different levels, but he's speaking obviously in a very high level here. Being that he's fundamentally one, he's at core, he's not one, as opposed to say, you have one apple, not five apples. There's no Chad Be'etzem there. You could say it's one, but it's not only the only difference why it's not five because I just don't have five. You say something's be'etzem chad means it's unique, it stands out. 
It's not one of many. It's fundamentally in a different uh, category. So that, that he says, Thank God for this parenthesis. That means hoid. So because he's kad ba'etzem, gam ha'ispashtus hazeh b'chinus adich, also his extension, that comes at many levels is without any count. Oh, this is powerful here. This is actually a very fundamental maimah from the Mitla Rebbe, the Rebbe site that's connected to this. Let me let me explain. What does it mean, antu chad v'leibachushman? If he's chad, why do you have to say there's no number? It's redundant. On the contrary, it's actually minimizing it. Something is really one, then you have to say he's one, but not with any measure. It's like saying, but. You're already now putting him in the world of measurement. Why do you have to say that? Chad betzim. That's it. Antu chad. He's chad yochid. You know, yochid beila. Whatever the expression we use. So chad v'leibachushman is really saying the following: that he's fundamentally one. When this oneness manifests, it's an infinite possibilities. You see what's going on here. So the one is not yet infinite possibilities. Atzmos, atzmos air. We're talking etzim air. Is doesn't need billions and infinity to describe his greatness. But if you put him into the world of numbers, what will he look like? One, five, hundred, thousand, million? No, bleakvul. So in other words, something. Let me let me explain a little more. When something is really real, wherever it is, it's going to be everything. It doesn't mean it's defined by being everything. But if you put it into a world, it's going to be this. It's going to be the most of it. He's going to be quote soon from Chayesara. The Maimer, why Chayesar Meyashana? When you say Meyashana, if God is beyond Shlemus, if Shlemus or Atmos, the, the, the perfection of God is not defined by anything. Why do we say a hundred is the full number? The answer is because when you take Atmos and put him in the world of numbers, he's going to be the complete number. So if you say something is perfectly beautiful, you'll say no, that doesn't define God. But if you put God in the world of beauty, he's going to be perfectly beautiful. You see the point. So it goes like this. He is, contains everything, but nothing defines him. So the Reb Mitla Rebbe elaborates on this in a very powerful way. That, that, that from something that is truly perfect, you will have infinite amount of numbers. Which sounds initially sounds counterintuitive. Because you'd say, you know what, if something is really perfect, why is it going to express itself in so many different ways? It should express itself in one way. Everything should be a clone, right? Think about it. If let's say if, if, if something is a very pure entity and then it spreads itself out, what is what's it going to create? Everything's going to look like that pure entity. Why does it separate into infinite different possibilities? Like we have human beings. How many human beings have lived on this earth from the beginning of time? Trillions, right? You count everybody. And we say, Ain't they saying Shavas? No, never were there two the same. There were never two same people on earth. And there never will be. And if, if, and if hypothetically existence went on endlessly, it would continue to be different. How could that be? The answer is because God is not defined by His personality. He has no personality. So when there's something of no something that's complete pshitis, when it comes into the world of personality, it creates infinite possible personalities. If God had a personality and said, "Okay, now I'm going to create things like in my image," you're going to have things that look like that personality. Like we do. What do we do when we uh, hire a team? We hire people like ourselves. Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. You know? No, no, I understand. 
But when something is completely beyond personality, when it becomes goes into the world of personality, it will create infinite personalities. You follow what I'm saying? So God is no color. But when we put him in the world of color, you'll have endless colors. It's 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 an unbelievable concept. Huh? I know no color. Right, exactly. This is he's, he's he's not elaborating here right now, but this is what it says in other places. This is the meaning of what he's saying here. So Atik is the expression of the divine Chad Be'etzem. It's not Atzmos either. Remember, Etzem is beyond any names. Atik is Gilei Etzem. It's telling you the Etzem is capable of everything. That statement already is already a Shlemus, so to speak. It's already a saying. Arich is how that Chad Be'etzem goes into the world of Cheshbon Velei B'Chushbon. So, it's endless possibilities. So really, is Atik and Arich one? They're one. But Arich is what is the is the, is the so-called the, the we spoke is how Atik looks down, and Arich is how it looks back to Atik. It's like reflecting Atik into the world of existence. When you speak in Kesser, you say Kesser is the Mamutza, the interface. Atik you say is Netak, separate, and Arich is Sheresh and Netzalim. But you have to go one step further. They're both two halves of one Kesser. You said the Magid, the Magid and the Baal Shem Tov were Atik and Arich. So you think about it, the Magid and the Baal Shem Tov in many ways were very similar. Because they were both, the Tehidus were short, you know, even though we talk about them as two generations, but you really, in a way, we talk about them as one. And then came so-called Chabad, Chachma Bin Adas. Because Kesar is one entity, but there's two sides to it. You could think of it almost like, I'm trying to think of an example, just as an example, it would be like a mirror. So if the mirror is facing the source, that's Arich reflecting Atik, when it faces us, it's reflecting Atik to us. That's basically how I would put it. So there you go. So that was explaining. So Hoid is Chad Be'etzem. Antu Chad V'lei B'chushbon. And then when it comes, Gam Be'ispashto. So what, because it's Chad Be'etzem, that's why it's Gam Be'ri B'madregu Sulei B'chushbon. Yeah, I think to myself, when it comes to Gilin Etzem, so in the if the Etzem of Aksimus is not Bligvul or not Gvul, so he's Megala, why is it come out of a Bligvul? But according to what you're saying, it sort of makes sense. Exactly. He said it before also. When we say er, what we say when when we say er habligvul, reflects God more than er habligvul. It's not. You have to you have to qualify it. They're both equally godly, but bligvul is where God doesn't use any filters. If God were to manifest in er, it's going to be bligvul. For there to be a er habligvul, God has to put additional, has to add additional power, which comes from atzmos, actually from a deeper place. Think of it like a chacham. Let's say there's an argument going on. Someone who's wise is sitting and has what to say. It's easy for him to express himself because he has what to say. It's much harder for him to exercise restraint and not speak. Because he has to then hold back something. So bligvul is a fullest expression of divine manifestation. Not that God is bligvul, but if he goes into the world of numbers, it's labor chushman. It has no numbers. This is a journey to some place, right? Arich and Atik, they're both quite far beyond us. You'd mentioned that if you still not see Yeah. Yeah. You'd mentioned that if you went into the world of numbers, he would be the perfect number. I'm Hundred is an example. It could be a thousand, but yeah, but it's like a perfect round number. Yeah. That's another form. That's in the world of in the world of numbers. It's infinite. Chleiba Chushban. In the world of finite numbers, it's the perfect number, 100.
Well, sometimes when we say ten spheres, it means, look, shleimus. The beauty of this is like this. You know, we speak about b'chol ma'itcha. Everyone says b'chol ma'itcha. Right? We say b'chol ma'idecha. So you say b'chavta Hashem l'kecha b'chol vavcha b'chol nafsh b'chol ma'idecha. So b'chol ma'idecha has all the different meanings. We should mention the meaning, of course, mamoincha, money, for those that need that. But it means might, basically. B'chol ma'idecha, with all of you, ma'id, with all, even beyond you. Should give, you should give all of you and even beyond, ma'id. So Chassidus says that when you say b'chol ma'idcha, b'chol ma'idecha, means it's ma'id of yours. Your ma'id is beyond your abilities right now. Tomorrow your ma'idcha may be, should be higher. Your ma'idcha may not, may not be sufficient for me. If you go beyond what you've done, beyond your capacity, that's a ma'id. So the question is, what's the result of it? It says the ma'id of you... Tit for tat, right? Me the connect me the sparks the ma'id l'mail that God gives you also more than you deserve, so to speak, or more than the the measure that you would have gotten on your own. So Chassidus says that everybody when they do ma'id they get ma'id amiti, they get real blikvul. You don't just get what's relative to you. So the question is, how is that possible? I'm doing a little for me a little more is not the same thing what your little more is, and yet we all get ma'id amiti because. Qualitatively, you've gone out of your comfort zone, and that's what matters. It's not how much you've done. If someone, let's say, is given a hundred dollars ducat, that's their nature. They learn something a hundred times, like he says in Tanya, and then they went a hundred and one. It's not the one. If for someone else it was a hundred and two, they went to a hundred and twenty, or two hundred and went to two fifty. They all went out of their comfort zone. So qualitatively, you made a shift, and therefore you get from above a shift that's not necessarily commensurate to you. So you get bligvul amiti, basically. Why am I saying this? Because what I'm trying to say is, you know, there's no perfection in existence. But nevertheless, we try to do things as best we can. Like we say, we do a mitzvah, you say, say van veyu, beautify a mitzvah, priyach hadar. Or everything, a klaf yofa. She uses a nice parchment, you should nice say, a mitzvah should be, because why? What's so important? Someone say, why is it important to beautify mitzvahs? You're doing God's will. What does he really care? Beautiful, not beautiful. It's, it's external, it's cosmetic. Shekrachem vehevela yefi. The answer is because who created beauty in this world? God created beauty. It's not man-made. The fact that humans abuse it or they just worship it, that's because that, that is, like the Rebbe told the beauty queen there. If you don't have the second half of the puzzle. If, if it's just external beauty. But if Yisha Yiddish Hashem Hittisalo, then, because you say, what you, how can you say if you see in the Torah it says, you talk about your fast tater, your fast mara as a quality of the emotions. It's not so you could say the whole shekar chen. What they're talking about the if, if it's a hollow chen and and yefi, which means what we worship, which is just external, superficial. It's shekar. There's nothing of its own. But when we when we beautify a mitzvah, what we're saying is that even in the world of gashmis, even in a world that's imperfect, we're going to do as perfect as we can. That is a manifestation of God's perfect beauty, even though we don't have perfection completely. But when God manifests in, a, in this world, it's going to be in a perfect way, in a beautiful way. So that's why Taylor Mitzvah is not just I'm going to reach a beyond place. No, that beyond has to come into your terms and even what you consider to be special, the most special thing. That's why Why is that so important? Who cares the nations? It's Chachman Bina, but beyond, who cares if the nations respect it? Because the, the real Kiddush is that even in the world of nations, even in the world of Chachman Bina, even a scientist could also see here uh, beauty. 
it's an unbelievable concept in the interface because we're not just talking about escaping to God and denying the world, no on the world's terms, we're going to show that the most beautiful possible thing is God the most beautiful possible thing is Chassidus, that's the goal not just to say, oh, we have it and you guys don't have it because you're external in your world, we'll show you that we can be in, even on your terms, we can be the best I'm just giving you a manifest example of this so therefore, even in the world of beauty, with all its limitations, that's why in the base of we do the best. Look in the base of it said everything, not one extra thing was used, right? There was no extra space. Every space was filled. Why in kedusha, there's no such thing as, as extra. That's why the Rebbe brings by, by the Aron. The Gemara says in Baal that the luchas ate uh, which means it literally ate, but it means that they consumed the whole space, which is proof because if the luchas were round. There'd be extra space, and, and we know that the arc, the arc was square, was with with, uh, with right angles. So what would be with that space? And a kedusha, you can't have extra space. Because what do you mean extra space? What is not, everything is to perfection. Everything was used to perfection. I remember, I could tell you this hundreds of times. The Rebbe, the way he wrote on paper, he would write out notes. He did not use one extra piece of paper. Even till this day, I do it. I'm like obsessed. He would write on back of envelopes. He would write on the page when he would edit. He'd fill in the page and not even write a little out of it. It was unbelievable how the value, like the baltashkis to the extreme. You know the story with the Rebbe's pencil, right? The Rebbe Rutschstein, you don't know? Oh. Yeah. The Rebbe used to use pencils till they were basically, you couldn't even hold them. Because he worked mostly with a pencil, especially editing sikhs was always, always with a pencil. Real editors work with pencils always because you could erase I mean, there are times the Rebbe used a pen, sometimes a green pen, a blue, but mostly a pencil. So once the Rebbe used the pencils, and Rabbi Rutschstein, who was the... Uh, Maishu Leib Rutschstein was the Rebbe's master until, I think he passed away in Tavshel Choftes. So, um, 69. So he, you know, he couldn't deal with the Rebbe, he's struggling to write. So what he did was, one morning before the Rebbe came, he took away all the little pencils. There were no pencils left. You know? And the Rebbe starts looking around for a pencil in the morning. And he's standing there. And uh, he's a little, he was a little like a sort of court jester. And the Rebbe says, Who's another? Who's that? You know, what happened to all the pencils? So he takes out of his pocket one of these big, you know, cartoon, you know, color, uh, what are they called? Carnival pencils, you know those? And the Rebbe burst out laughing. He didn't have to say, the Rebbe understood exactly what he meant. <laughs> you know, so he gave the. <laughs> um, but but the Rebbe, this is the ultimate, you know, not nothing. The point I'm trying to make is that, okay, so that's the point. So Atik, this really explains, it comes into the world of Ribu Yilei B'chuzman. Here it like it says in the Bir Maim This is usually Bir Maim is the Biyuri Hazer of the Mitla Rebbe. And there's also the Samach Tzadik. Now, I should say, this Maimer happens to be the basis of the whole discussion of spheres from number, story, sapir, and sefer. This same Maimer. But he's using it here to explain, because that's what the end of the Maimer comes to say, after we know that spheres is number and story and brightness, he's basically saying that the ultimate sphere is no number. Why? Not because the finite reaches the infinite, but because the etzem, which is completely beyond, when it manifests, it manifests in, in infinite number, numbers. And that's why later, when it comes into the world of spheres, you'll be able to reconnect. The bottom line is, all this is telling us that embedded in our existence, 
are all these levels. That's what's going on here. It's embedded here. You don't have to go to a mountain. You don't have to escape. It's all here. V'hakol hu b'chines einsof. Hainu shasvidu seim b'chines einkates. And everything is in the form of einsof. In other words, essentially, when you're talking about this level of bleakwell, everything is everything. So we talk atzmos, you can't even call it everything, it's beyond anything. Here, now that it's manifesting in a world of things, it's everything. It's ain't safe. So what kind of so if you look at this level, it's the canvas, like he said, that has a potential for infinite possibilities, infinite letters, infinite expressions. They have no end and a measurement in their in their ribuy, in their multitude, that means chad So next Friday, when you say yo, think about it. Chad, now she's one. But even the world of numbers. Why does it express itself in bleibul if it's a chad? Why is expression dafka in bleibul not? Because we're a world of rules, so shleimus are the other way. I would say the other way around. I say once it's going into the world of what's called. Gvul and Bligvul is going to be the most. Whatever it is, is going to be the most of. Put this level, it's like what it says in Tayyar Shalom about the Alter Rebbe, we learned it, that if he was in the Zman Tanoim, he would have been a Tana. If he was in the Zman Amadoim, he'd be an Amader. Wherever you put this level, it's going to be the fullest level. And full as Bligvul is definitely more, more, more than Gvul. That, not to say Gvul doesn't have its virtue, but it needs a special, God needs to put a special energy into existence for it to turn into Gvul. In other words, give God a car and it will go bleak wool fast, basically. Unless you uh, do something to stop it. What's the... That means Sphira St. Ketz. The Gam Be'etzim and Bechina St. Ketz. So St. Ketz doesn't just mean in their number... They're fundamentally, they're without end. So in case you could say, you know what, there is not, there's not 10 spheres, there's not 20, there's not 100, there's, there's infinite spheres. He's saying also fundamentally, qualitatively, sure. there's no end because it's an expression, it's, it's their state of ain't because there is galus etzimamish. You have the etzim is being revealed. Look, the bottom line is like this. For us to exist, you, there's the tzimtzum. Why is there a tzimtzum? Because if you let God loose in his, so to speak, in existence, that's it. He's, he's going to fill the whole space up. Now, Atmos itself is beyond it all. Atmos is beyond tzimtzum, beyond gili. But we're talking about, we want an existence where there's a relationship. If there was no seder we would have no relationship with Atmos. It would be like an entity would be here in this world, and he exists, he doesn't have to be revealed, doesn't have to be concealed. But you put Atmos in a in a situation where there's manifestation, he's gonna dominate. So there's the, so there needs so the, therefore Atmos has to reach deeper into his own uh, so called bag of tricks for power of Tsimtsum to conceal his own presence. See what's going on here? So there's a state of Atmos that's beyond presence and beyond non-presence. There's, if you're talking presence, he's going to be bleakful everywhere. So, you need it, so he has to bring another power in a tzimtzum, which is even deeper, that stops his presence from manifesting in a world of presence. And, and 
that we should be able to start getting seeping in a gili. Look, if a teacher was fundamentally infinite distant from us, they not have the ability to communicate on our terms, you'd be no relationship. So he has to keep, so because if the teacher just lets him, if you say, you know, say everything you have to say, he's going to be able to speak, people will not understand anything he's saying. So, so the teacher is fundamentally in a different level. When he expresses himself, he would express himself in a way nobody could relate to. So in the world of expression, he has to conceal and then slowly start revealing, spoon feeding, step by step by step. I mean, it's clear to me, to some extent. Is it not clear? To the, to the world where he has a... The Indian who... In, in the world of, of Indian, <coughs> is that between Hod and Hadar in between? No, no, no. Hod is the... Hodar is the... Like you said, Hodar is the manifestation in the world of spirits. So it's infinite spirits. And Hodar... Hod is just the the, the being Chad and that you're calling him oneness. I th- like I said, I think you could really say it's two sides of one coin. Um, there's the the so-called the pshitus atmos, the total oneness. And then you say, how does that oneness? The other side of it is infinite possibilities. That's that's the key thing here. There's a beautiful mimer from the Mitla Rebbe. I said I have to go back because he explains it very very beautifully. This this idea. Where was it? Yeah, some of above, some of above. Huh? No, but the middle of is Hanukkah. Very interesting, where he talks about exactly these two things in a very powerful way. He asks the question, he says, either or, either it's going to be totally one or it's going to be infinite. How could pass, is it possible that it should be in between? Some structure. Because if God expresses himself, it's either infinite possibilities or everything is one. Total oneness. I think that's a, huh? No, the answer is because there's a ratzim for that. But I'm saying, but you know, naturally, so to speak. Remember again, I always have to qualify. God doesn't need any of this. There's no such thing as naturally. But He created a world that makes sense. And in sense, in a world of sense, we need to have this type of structure. There's no other way to connect. Because bleakvul is bleakvul, and God is God. So you need to have this type of. Uh, yeah. I think it's an unbelievable concept. You see creative people, by the way. There's no such thing as a limit to their creativity. It's not like they run out of ideas. A creative person is just, the my name is Gabber. You open up and just goes. You ever see the Rebbe, the Blom Fabrengens? It's endless. You know, if there was no limit of time, I could see the Rebbe talking until now. And always having more to say. You can see, it's a yam. It's like a, it's a, it's a sea. And on, and on, and on. Hours. So what, what, what is going on? It's not because he has a lot to say. It's because he's at me And at me open up in words. And it's endless yeah, words. Yeah, wow. Unless he stops himself. That's why this is such a big sacred. Yeah. This is this is very similar to this. Is, right. Yeah. It's a, is, 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 is it ever Shabbos still here writing? He's still writing. He's still writing. He's writing. He's writing. What's the expression? What's the expression in tefillah we say? That if you gave me an ink and pen, I would... Right, and not end up right. Right, right exactly. That's the idea. That even in the world, so... Yeah. Oh. It also explains an interesting Gemara. The Gemara says in Baruchus that if someone sees a array uchlusa, someone sees a uchlusa, uchlusa is 600,000 people. You have to make a bracha, baracha cham harazim. Rashi says, what does that mean? Baracha means a blessing for the wise one of secrets. So Rashi says, because 
someone that sees 600,000 is able to be civil, is able to contain 600,000 different types of people is, uh, is that's a chachamara, not everybody that's Moshe Rabbeinu it's not just he's seeing 600,000, it means he's relating because most of us can relate to 2, 3, 5 people, how many people? So we can never make this back off actually yeah. you can make it if you see the person who's like that, yeah but uh, but the point of, oh no my point is we when we have friends we may have different types of friends but they're usually going to fit into a few categories which fit our personality why because you know if you're a rebbe you would choose certain type of people that you can work with you're not going to choose everyone because uh, you know there's different adjectives we can use for certain people that you don't necessarily want in your camp but I'm sure Rabbein is in the shama clovis you can, whoever comes by he can handle not just tolerate. He's able to, because there's a certain element that's beyond everything, and therefore you can be with everyone completely. Well, we're we're defined by our tzir. So when you find your nitfis in your tzir, as it's called, so your tzir is a certain shape. Okay, you have latitude for a certain amount of people. You're not inviting everyone to your party. You know? And the Rebbe will invite everyone to the party. But it was, as Rabbi Sachs says, first pulpit, when his first sermon he ever gave, the first night when he became rabbi in England, she gave credit to the Rebbe because the Rebbe encouraged him to become a rabbi. <coughs> so afterwards, a woman came over to him and said to him, what's the difference between a Rebbe and a rabbi? She said, you saw it here tonight. When a rabbi speaks, he could be speaking to 500 people and everybody thinks he's speaking to someone else. <laughs> and the Rebbe, speak, he could be speaking to 5,000 people and everyone thinks he's speaking to him. Whoa. That was what he said. It's an interesting nice word, huh? That's the difference. Maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, when the guy speaks, he says, and someone elbows my class sometimes, I say something, so I see a wife elbowing her husband. That's you, you know? <laughs> okay, good. is one level or two levels? and then or And if I tell you both are right? What would you say? Atikanarich. <laughs> Does that help you? I don't know what you see when you say the word level. You have to define what you mean. Level. You mean like first floor and second floor, right? You don't mean that, right? So you mean it's two dimensions. It's two. It's two qualitative levels. Let me ask you: one and two, the number one and the number two, are two levels in your mind? You could say they're two, but they're also the same numbers. One goes to two. This is essentially. Think of it like um, you have an idea, you just asked me a question, right? The second before you asked the question, you thought of it. And then you said it. When you said it, is it a different level than when you thought it? The answer is yes or no. It's a different level because it's a, another step of expression. No, because it's the same thing in your thought. You just expressed yourself. I would say it's like that. This is an expression of a level that's there. But you have to understand levels. Here we're talking here, everything is very conceptual here, very theoretical. But you could apply, you can use examples. Look, the, 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 the mile of all this, the reason, reason we can relate to these ideas, even if we don't fully get it, is because everything in existence is a process. I just gave you an example. There's no such thing as an idea that doesn't go through a process. You have an idea, you find words, you express it. You argue, you ask questions. You, you Love, you have a feeling of love, you go and express it. Everything begins with a concept, a seed, it develops and blossoms into a a life, a, cha- a tree. So we have examples of a same state that's going through stages. This is really the way you should apply this. It's almost like a birthing taking place. 
How does the birthing start from Atmos? Obviously, it's not in time. It's happening right now. But it's a relationship. When you understand this process, you can then relate. The question is what stage you're relating to. You know, the big question, if you really want to ask, is what's Negei Lepel and Aved at this level of Hayd and Hadar? How would we apply it in our lives today? So, so that I addressed a bit yesterday when he, when the, when, when the, what was his name? Um, Greenbaum. Yeah, he's a psychiatrist. And also, we'll learn more about it. We'll learn there, there are, there's, there, every, every, there's no such thing as a level that doesn't have an Afkamina and Aveda. Everything is relevant. Okay, so let's continue. And we'll, we'll, we'll maybe after this chapter, we'll see where we still have a few things to go through here. Okay. There was another chapter. Yeah, there's always another chapter. There's always another chapter. So. You got it. And when you end, it's maskifim You have to start again. So there's no such thing as ending. It's it's like a song. The Rebbe once by Fabreng talk about Ainsov. The Rebbe was once a Fabreng. I think it went to almost five in the morning. I think it's on tape. One of the Purim, and and it was like you know after so many hours, it's like almost you could not continue going forever. So the Rebbe smiled at the end of Fabreng and says, "So now we'll take a little hefsek between one Fabreng and the next." So I learned from that. Everything is one fabrengen. It's just a matter. There's little breaks. Right now we're in an 18-year break since uh, the last fabrengen. Or 20-year break, I would say. So that's a way of looking at things. But they've also saved the wine from them. The hefsik been cut. Well. Hefsik. Yeah. yeah. And we saved the wine from it. It's one long fabrengen. That's correct. You just need a little refueling. That's the only thing, right? <laughs> You can't last on the fuel, but uh, you can try. Right, and the Rebbe itself becomes part of the Parshas. The Rebbe once said, Moshe Rabbeinu needed a Rebbe. Look at what he said, when you have a teacher like David, did you need a Rebbe? <laughs> they say by Yaakov something like that. There's some, there's some example. It's all the relative who you're talking to. Okay. The Indian in this is that we explained, now we explained earlier in chapter 101. You see here he's now really bringing all the chapters in. So there we explained, in the, it was in the story. It was Sphira from the word Mississippur. So he said the story is two stages. Someone tells you a story, there's a story they tell you, they're revealing to you. Let's say someone tells you a story from the old days in Russia. Or, or whatever story. So they're to revealing something you didn't know. A chapter in history, a chapter of their lives, uh, a, a, a feeling, uh, you know, filling in. Then they also reveal to you through Yudhiya Sashlili, it says the story also tells you, you learn from what's, you extrapolate. You say, what, from what he said, I learn what he didn't say. Like between the lines. So it's called Yudhiya Sashlili. That like, like you're saying, let's say you say, the is, someone tells you God is a Chacham, Okay, I hear the story. Now I realize that if he's a chacham, he's a far different chacham than we know what chacham is. So he said, Shlila is another stage, Maven Dover, Metech Dover. That was the words that he used. So he's using this now to explain like this. The Dias HaShlila, the Shem Chacham, Be'ed and Sof, when you say the, the, the negative deduction, we call it, of Shem Chacham, Be'ed and Sof. So what do we say? Chacham, Velay Bechakim, Be'edia. It's only to negate the opposite of Chochem. It's not telling you what it is. It's only to negate. It's not Chochem as you, what you think wisdom is. He's not. 
רק שמוסלם לגמרי מבחינת שהחוכם עושה את זה השנות השם חוכם בן זוהר רק לישלון היפך מזה, ואם כן זהו חוכמה. רק שמושל גם מכל חוכמה זה שעה זה. In other words, it's not telling you he's beyond wisdom altogether. He's saying the wisdom you think it is, it's not. אם כן זהו חוכמה, meaning it is wisdom, רק שמושל גם מבחינת חוכמה זה שעה זה שעה זה. Only thing is, it's not, it's מושל, it's, it's, what do we say, it's not, it negates, Completely, the wisdom as it is in Seder Shasu. So when someone says to you, okay, uh, did you understand the idea we just learned about, let's say, uh, Atik? Say, well, whatever you understood, it's not that. But that doesn't mean it's not that that you're out of the ballpark. You're in a different league. It means what you understand wisdom is, that's not God's wisdom. But it's still wisdom. That's really Yedir Sashlila. Remember, we learned in the previous chapter that in Atik, you don't have Yedir Sashlila like that. Atik doesn't even have that. So let's go back to what I said about beauty. If I see a beautiful thing in this world, if someone takes a pre-8s hadr, or they do a mitzvah with beauty, or you saw the Rebbe, the Rebbe walked like a king. You know? I remember then, uh, just as a small side, when my father printed after Rebbe Tzachai Mushka pictures of the Rebbe so he got it over his head Friday night, the Spitz Chabad, how could you print pictures like that? So he says, what kind of Rebbe You want a Rebbe that looks like uh, one of these Shmatas in, in, in uh, I don't want to say which neighborhood he said, you know? He says, yeah, our Rebbe was beautiful. They want them, you know, for them, beauty doesn't belong in the realm of a Rebbe Because their beauty is, is Mushka's Dikka beauty. It's, it's, it's a, in other words, when you see something beautiful in this world, like we say in the Sifri, You know, the Medrash says, what means to love God? Interesting definition in the Medrash. Not that love God, that you should make God beloved. That anyone sees you and says, wow, that's a godly person, that will make me love. That's called Kiddush Hashem. You see someone behave in a refined way. I ah, could say a human being can make a kiddush. God is beyond anything. How could you, a little human being, with just saying hello to someone or saying good morning, make a kiddush Hashem? Yeah, because what you're doing is taking God, and in your world, even your limited world, you behave beautifully. That's the whole idea. I could say it's What's our chanan compared to God? Our compassion to someone is is, is limited, and that's big vul beyond. No, because when God manifests. That's how it looks. And you have to do the best you can do in your, in your part. That's the idea. So then what do you come from that? Someone says, okay, you behave beautifully. Now I can understand a little the beauty of God. You know, I've told you this, I've said the story here. When I went to Australia, Melbourne, 12 or 15 years ago. So and the, and the Reisenberg was the, Rabbi Reisenberg was the, drove me. So when we, oh, he sent me, before I went, he sent me, you're going to meet a lot of people here, but one person especially, I want you to keep your eyes out. There's a writer. He's a very, very popular writer, very famous writer here. He's Jewish. But he considers himself an atheist. And uh, and I gave him your book a few months ago, knowing that you're coming. And I want, he read it. And he told me, that I, ha- I asked him, how would you like the book? He says, great book. I have it by my nightstand. I read it every night. So Reisenberg said to me, I asked him, so you start believing in God? You know, because... So he says, no, but let me tell you this, if God was like the Rebbe, I believe in God. Those were his words. So when I got, I met him, I met him actually in Sydney, because I was one Shabbos in Melbourne, one Shabbos in Sydney. How did I meet him? He was by a breakfast, a Friday morning breakfast. He comes over to me, starts talking, I realized who he was. And I could see, he said he was a journalist, a writer, he read my book, you know. 
So I, 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 you know, I, I didn't, without missing a beat, I said to him, so how do you know God's not like the Rebbe? You know, that's the follow-up question. So he said, you know why? Because God, the Rebbe would never have allowed the Holocaust. So I, I told the story, I said, pretty good for uh, atheists. <laughs> Everyone should have such discussions. God's good, huh? God would never, the Rebbe would never have allowed the Holocaust, based on what I see from the Rebbe. So I say to myself, it's very unbelievable. He's right. I mean, good. It's not a question on God, obviously. But what's the point? That when you, so I've, I use the story many times. People say, what's a Rebbe exactly? What are you worshipping a Rebbe? So I say, no, no, we're worshipping not a Rebbe. We're looking at Earth, and we see a human being that's aligned himself. And when you look at him, you say, this is what I would want to be. This is what godliness, godliness looks like on this earth. Not God, godliness. This is a person who's a person ready to refine himself to that extent, where every step he makes is a Kiddush Hashem. And when you look at him, this is what you see as being the, the best of a human being. That's called, um, that's what this guy was saying, basically. So yes, in a Khanami, a Holocaust, yeah, you, you don't want to know the Rebbe, would not imagine that the Rebbe was asked, but it should be a Holocaust, would say yes. Right? It's hard to imagine that. Yeah. That's why maybe the Rebbe, the Ebershter had to hide it from Sadiqim, because they would not agree. Something like that. Again, we're not going into God's mysteries. Obviously, there's something here. Yeah, right, exactly. That's why I'm referring to. So, bottom line, I want to say is like this. So, Arich, what he's saying now is like this. What he's saying is, okay, we're going to spell it out. But Yedias Hashlila is saying like this. What you see, okay, you see beautiful now? Now you know this is what God is like. You say, what God is like, this beauty? No. God is not like this beauty, but this is an example of what beauty is. And now you know that God is beautiful, but He's not beautiful like you understand it. So you now go to a next step. But we're not saying God is not beautiful, or God doesn't have this, this smile. It's just the, the way you understand the smile, because you're a limited human being. You understand it's this big, and the truth is it's far, far beyond that. So, so Yudhiyas Ashlila, in the Kutatayda he says, from enough Yudhiyas Ashlila, you can come to Mamish, Kamoi, I said, what's the example he uses? Words he uses from a lot of Yudhiyas Ashlila, from extrapolating enough, you can come almost to Yudhiyas Achiyuv. If there's enough Shlila. In other words, like someone could say... together enough. Right, exactly. Like, let's say, let's say this table was invisible and you couldn't see it. So nice. But, yeah, but you start bouncing things off it, exactly. After a while, you can get a, a visual that's almost like the thing... So conceptually, it's also that way. That's why it's hard. That's why I say it's so important for us to get beyond our limited, narrow view of from time and space, because that traps you from going anywhere. Yidir sashlila. Maybe that's the, the whole basis of Gemara. That's why we argue all the time. You think you know it? No. So it's forcing us to go out of chiv into shlila. What do you think? And then you go to get a deeper understanding of it. Because you come back and say, one second. But I have an argument this way. Back and back and forth. Slowly, you get a picture that's far bigger than the original picture. Because if we just, if everyone just agreed with each other, well, you have a limited picture. That's really good. I think that's good. You get a bigger picture that way. Huh? No, no. I, I think, I think, no, I'm talking about arguments of as of Basufa, where the intention is, is good. You have a lot of people's minds being put together you're going to get a far better picture of the picture than one person himself. It's always that way. Okay, so that's Yudhisa. So what do you say? So now he's saying, Yudhisa, Hurak lishle hepech mazev, im ken zeochach, merak shemosh lo legamen, b'chin sachach, but to say this also. V'chein shem yochel. The same thing with the name yochel. Like shem chacham. Yochel, he could. He's able. Ukahai gavna. So the same thing is, what means yochel? 
You say God is able to do something. So you say, what does that mean? So, so let's just speak to a child or to ourselves. I'm able to right now lift up this table. God could also lift up this table. And you say, well, that's God's ability. You say, no. You know that, that he is, he's able to do a lot more. What, what you think is able is not the, the ability of God, but it's still a capability. You follow? And we learned there and discussed there the calls that in a madreg That's not a level in edin sof. Kim who have lost edin sof baruchu. That's not edin sof itself, because edin sof itself is beyond shlila. This is the haflo of edin sof. In other words, you're saying, what are you saying? I could lift up a ton. All of us can lift up a hundred tons. We can build monuments, and God can do a lot more than that. More than that. Everything we can do is not describe what he's able. He's able, but not in what we think is able. It's something we can't even envision. But it's in the world of ability. That's hafla of Ainsaf. That's like the grandeur. That we are all wise, and God's wisdom is beyond our wisdom. So you're learning the hafla of Ainsaf. It's not Ainsaf itself, it's the grandeur, as we discussed then. Hafla of Ainsaf, be'inyin ha'chachma, be'inyin ha'yecheles u'kai gavna. It's the hafla is the grandeur, it's the grandiosity, the majesty of the divine wisdom and divine ability. Ukai Gavan, etc. I think he's saying not Etzema'er. In other words, you're not getting... Shlila is just telling you how... I think. I, I, let's see a few lines. I think that's what I, mean. I have to go back to that chapter because he probably used that expression. But I think that's what he was saying, that there's a level that remains... Beyond. Beyond that floor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to my children. These are, as I said, two products of Lifni at Simpson. They haven't yet been corrupted into our world, so you have a little taste of. That's how I look at it. I read I'm based, I look at them, I get a little taste, then we go back down to earth. Back on your heads, you know? After the coffee break. I think that's what he's saying, but let's see. And explain this. We can say. It's okay. He's going to explain it according to the Shita that the Eris. Now remember, this Drush, this Hemshech, is according to the opinion that the Shita... That, let me just explain what he's saying. <laughs> he really... He doesn't let go. He doesn't give us doesn't give us any breathing room. It's relentless. It's like one wave after another, you know. Um, as we discussed, the stages of the energies, of the flow goes like this. The Etzem... We're talking about spheres and cats. You know, in Leiba Khushban, type of like infinite possibilities, etc. But there's the next level, this is still the Shadish, the root of Air Blikvul, Seira Sevav. You're still talking transcendent energy. The next step is when God says, I want energy that's going to speak to the containers, that's going to enter the faculties. Is going to enter the containers, and here there are two opinions: what type of energy that is. Is it like Eid Habligvul? Just now, 
diminished so it can fit into containers. For example, what example would that be? Pure white liquid or pure clear liquid in colored glasses. So the liquid is the same liquid before it got into the glasses. Except now, God is saying, you fit into Chochmah Bina. But the Eir does not change at all. It is, it is, it, 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 its quality is the same as Eir Bligvul, but it's not Eir Bligvul. It is Eir's Gvulim now. But the Gvul is not in the Eir, the Gvul is that the Eir fits into the container. Or, and that's the opinion in this Hemshech, the Eir itself assumes a property of Chochmah Bina. However, relative to the container, it's still unshaped. So, no, the, 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 the liquid itself already has a color, so to speak. But it's revealed through the containers. That's, that's what he explained, like Shammai and Hillel. When they heard from Shmaya Avtayan, it wasn't just a pure idea they heard, and then this one decided it's chesed, lenient, and this one said stringent. In the idea, you have already both possibilities. Now, his container were gvuras, so he took it this way. And the proof of that is, because sometimes you find Shammai is lenient. How is that possible? That means... That because the, the energy itself has chesed, he can go back to the idea and 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 uh, derive from it a lenient version. So the idea has within it, except it's more amorphous. Now I discussed this at length, the difference between the opinion. But the Hamshach here is talking according to opinion two, which obviously makes the unity of the interface stronger. Because if the energy has in it also the code language of the container, their connection is deeper. If the energy, on the other hand, doesn't have it, what you have is more elokus, more pshitus. So now he's bringing a proof to understand the levels of Eir HaBligvul. He's going now into Eir HaGvul. Well, let's put Eir Primi, I would say. It's not really Eir HaGvul. It's Eir that's now... We're now not, not, so we talked here, we said like this. The Eir Atzmi is Chad, chad Betz, it's oneness. Then is a, a canvas, a parchment that's white light, infinite possibilities, infinite ways of making art. Now he arose in his will, Shir Atzmi, he wants a world. And Shiratsme, and he envisioned now ten spheres on this uh, this infinite light. Basically, Eishchera on Eishlevena. You know, now darkened ink on top of a white parchment. These are ten ten letters, they're called ten spheres. The energy in these spheres are they energy that's Gligvul or Pshitas, or do they have also some ten? And the Hemshachir, he's saying that even the energy has ten. And the other opinion that he's going to speak now about, it says the energy here, in the ten letters, not in the parchment for sure is Bligvul. The ten letters is also retains an element of Pshittas. Now, at the end of the day, Chassidus explains that even that opinion, also the fact that it can go into the glass, and Bligvul can go in, is already a sign that it has something. And, and the opinion that holds that it has seared in it, you have to say also has Pshittas. So, the real difference at the end of the day, the argument is, is a subtle one. Because they both are going into containers. It's just a question. In Aveda, it would be like, what do you make more focus on? When you say, is the focus on Ne'er Chanukah from the air? Or is the focus on so to speak? In other words, is it on Kavana Kholis or Kavana Pratis? So that's where the really difference is just a matter of how. In other words, you, you, you go crazier over the Digdukal of every Shir. When you eat matzah, or you're focusing more on the so-called uh, the within it, you get the idea. So now he's going to bring an example to understand. So to understand this, according to that shita, 
When you say Eira Chochmah, the wisdom of, the energy of Chochmah, the energy of Bina, you're not saying the energy is Chochmah and Bina. The Eir Be'etzim will push it. The energy is push it. The Ein Yichus, it has no relationship. It doesn't have any leaning, any more connection to Chachma than, than it has to Bina. So then why you call it Eir Because the Eir, the energy, is a reflection of the emanator, of the source, to emanate the Svirus HaChachma, Shihi Akli. So Chachma means the container is the Chachma. I, why you call it energy? Because this is the energy that's been designated, you go here. So let's put it this way, you have ten cups. This one's Chachma, Bina, Das, Now you're pouring liquid, the same liquid in all of them. But who's telling this liquid to go here, this? So the Maitzel is saying, air number one, you go into cup one, air number two. But the air itself could have gone into Bina as it went into Chachma. So that's what's going on here. You have to say there's ultimately a relationship because he's telling this one to go here. But the fact of the matter is, you're really talking about it's not. And when the Chesvirus Achach, meaning the container, is emanates, the energy that 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 manifests and enclosed in it to give it life, then it's called Erachachme. So once the cup takes the colorless liquid and the cup that's let's say color. So now it's called Eira Chachma. This is the energy of this, this cup that's called Chachma, basically. Al Shem Akli. It's called on the name of the Kli. In other words, the Kli gives it a name. It doesn't have a name of its own. It assumes the name of the container that it is manifesting in. Because this has now made a color. It's colored and shaped the light. Because when someone looks at it now, they don't see Bligvul. You now see a red or blue or yellow or green or even white liquid. If someone didn't know, they'd say maybe the liquid is colored. How do I know? So from the perspective of the recipient, the, 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 the energy has been colored. Even though it's not, it has no color, and it's the same color as like the energy in Bina and, and so on. Remember, an Eir HaBligvul, on the other hand, it doesn't even have this energy, because Eir HaBligvul doesn't, you've not even written letters on the parchment yet. So there, there's no color at all. The Gamzeh, and he goes now further. Even though it's colored the gla- it's colored the liquids, it's colored the energy, but it's not really uh, internalized. Nikna, how do you say nikna? It's not been acquired. But nikna is like a kinyan. It's uh, It's not. It doesn't become the property. Not. It does. It's not altered the property of the energy, of the light. Only it looks that way. Ba'ir. Like the example of water that changes according to the color of the container as it's known. So, here, so that's an example. According to this, the energy that sustains and gives and brings into existence, Chochmah could have brought into existence Bina. It's not commensurate. Remember we spoke about the faculties. The power of vision goes into your eye, not into your ear. Here we say no, because the energy is, is shapeless, it could have it could have created, it could have brought into being Bina. The, 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 the chokhme, it could have also created Bina. Because of the shapelessness of the energy on its own, it's not, it doesn't have a relationship with, to, with, to Chochmah more than to Bina. 
And it could be that the same energy itself should create Bina and manifest in it. The only thing is, after the fact, circumstantially, basically, since this, after the Chochmah was created and in the, the, the container and it manifests, that's when it's in the level of Chochmah. Meaning that it looks like that. In other words, two, two steps here. That's when it's a state of Chochmah, but also that is not really Nikon, it's not in it. It doesn't assume the property, it just looks like that. But fundamentally, it could have created Bina, and had it been in Bina, it would have looked like Bina. Would it look like another color? Could you say retroactively after it goes in the keli that once it goes in the keli you can say that it had some sort of shyness to once once it had been Yeah, yeah. There's a discussion. Absolutely, absolutely. But but you see here. But because according to this opinion, it's pshutim. You have to say it always remains apart. It always remains apart. You could give examples in the halacha of it, like when you, uh, like I mentioned before about kavana pratis, kavana klolis. I have to find an example, but there are examples where, um, well, example of Shabbos, I mentioned already. in a clay that has a shear. So you don't go according to the keli, you go into the, according to the air. So you see there that the keli remains, does not shape the, the air. I mean, that's an example, but I don't know if that's a perfect example. There is, you have to say that there's something. Look, in this, another Maimonim, he speaks about, according to this shita, What's the difference between the air the way before the higher level and then when it goes in? So you have to say there's something going on. Something is telling Chochmah to go here. It's not just an accident. But at the same time, even as it goes, what well, he's focusing on the other side, even when it goes, it retains its so-called an exit clause. It's an exit strategy here. It's individuality. It's original Yeah. It's Negei Hashem at times. It retains that element. According to the other sheet, it does not retain it. But as I said, the difference is going to be not such, it's more subtle than it sounds. It's not like, you know, because the other opinion doesn't hold that the, the, that it's that it's red going into a red container either. It has in it a tchuna, whatever something is in there. And what you said is correct. Is how it is before it enters the container, and after the container. You see, the shama gets affected by guf after it enters the guf. Well, the shama guf is not pshutim. That's that's the fact. Because the kayach hadi goes into the eye. That same kayach would not go into the ear. It's not like one energy is just going into different containers. There's many proofs for that. But you also have another example. Let's say sometimes liquid sits into something and it starts actually assuming its properties after a while. Yeah. You know, do you also have that? It's not always you let it sit there too long and start becoming like it. Yeah, not lach for sure, kashas and things like that. Time, is, time is a factor. Yeah, like overnight or something. Also, what kind of food and drink. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, it's all levels. You have both. Beam Cain. Now one second. Now we just. This is all to explain Eden Sef Abligvul. Beam Cain. If that's the case, Mekolsh Cain Sheyesh Lemer Cain Beiden Sef Abligvul. If even the Eden Pshutim, even the Eden Pnimim, that go into the containers, retain their so-called identity. lack of identity. Well, lack of identity, right? Right. Then for sure, the Eden Sef Abligvul in the infinite parchment. Sha'edu Pchinis Pshutis Mamish. Here it says the mamish, not relative. There it's mamish pshitas because it doesn't even have the. It can't even enter into any containers. It can't even turned into letters. Is there a din in Safras that before the sefer starts writing? I mean, I know what he says that there's like a state before he's actually writing the letters. There's some type of like kavona klolis. He's going to be writing a sefer Taylor or a mezuzah. 
No, it's the... Like in other words, huh? The shame what? Clock. No, I'm trying to say, is there, is there a point where he says to himself, I'm writing all the letters, like, you know, I'm, I'm writing, I'm not writing just a letter, it's going to be part of a... Like almost intentionally saying that when I start writing, even though I'm not finishing today, I'm writing it till I, you know, the, the kavon is to finish it all. There has to be, you know, like, because... You have not expressed You have to do it all the time. You can't just do it once. Like, yeah, but the fact is, the safer can't sit all the time and write. So he has a kavona that I'm starting now, al manas. Is there something like that? Nalacha, does he have to like have such a kavona? Because it would be a good example of before he starts writing, he's having all the, all the letters in mind, and then comes the actual kavona, you know, all of these. I'm just thinking out loud. Okay, so Kolskin Edis of Abligvul, is definitely not in the category. By the way, you don't have to do that. It's a fine. Yeah. It's not in the category of Chacham Bina. Now, she's talking about the idea of Sashlila. And therefore, when we say that he's nevertheless a Chacham and a Yochel, he's able, he's a Chacham and Yochel, and, and he's capable, she says, Chacham be Chacham be Yochel be Bina. Chacham is, wisdom is in Chacham be Yochel. He's not talking about Yecheles here, it's clearly. He's talking about an ability like Bina. So the same energy that's in Chachm, we're talking about Eir Abligvul, is also in Yecheles. Because in Eir Ensof there's no containers. And that means that you can't say it's this and not that, Chiyuv, in a direct way. You can only negate. Meaning that they're not at all any personality or substance at all. I'm not clear what he's saying here. The whole thing began by saying that Shlila is only being Shlila say he's not wise like we know wisdom. But he's wise in his own way. Ah, okay, I understand, I understand. Okay, and but then there's a higher level of Eden Sof itself, that's only that flaw. There's Eden Sof itself, where he, that, that you can't even say that he's not wise. There you're saying he's wise, in Arich you're saying he's wise, but he's not wise like us, he's infinitely wise. Like I said, infinite numbers. But in the level of Chad Be'etzem, you can't even say that. That's what he's saying here. In Atik you can't say that, like here. And the, and the Kavachem is from Eres Pshutim, because even on the lower level, you're going now? Okay, you going to have fun? Maybe. You going to go to the museum? Very nice. Okay. Um, you can't even say that. You can't say he's not wise like we. You can't, he's not even calling together. And the, and the Kavachem is Pashat. Because even on a lower level, you can't even call it Chachma. It's only because it entered a container. So here for sure you can't. One second. So would you say Yedir Sashlila by Eris Pshutim? Hmm. So you could say like this. It's Shlila, like when you say the air that enters into Chochmah, according to the opinion that's Pshutim, you could say Shlila, like Arich. You could say it's not Chochmah like the container, but it has some Chochmah. you can't even say it has any Chochmah, that's what he's saying, it has no Chochmah. Even Shlila is not, even, there's no Shlila even in Eir's Pnimim. Wow. It's not applicable to Pshutim, the concept of Shlila. Can you really use Shlila by, by Pshutim? Wow, because... It depends which level of Pshutim, there's relative Pshutim and there's actually... You see, you can't even say Shlila there. That's what he's saying. You can't, you can't say Shlila, right? Where according to the opinion, according to this Hamshach, not what he's saying here. You could say that Eid is Shlila. That's what you can say. That's what it is. Ah, that's a very beautiful way of putting it. Remember, we said what's the difference between Eid and Kaili, according to the opinion that Eid does have image? 
Shlila. That air has chokhmah in it, but it's not chokhmah like the container. According to Pshutim, he can't even say chokhmah, even negate it. That's what he's saying. Okay. Follow what I just said. According to the opinion that Eris Mitsuyarim, you can say it's shlil. It's a shlil of the keli. That's how it looks. Yeah. No, not just how it looks. That's, that's, that's what it is. Not in this opinion, not here. I know. But yeah. here he's saying, so we bring that out eyes. So even Eris Pnimium, you can't say shlil. So here, so you can't say. So if that's the case, the same energy that's in the level of Chochmah is exactly the same thing as in Yechelus, in Bina, basically. In ability. Meaning that this infinite light, that's Mufla B'chinus HaChochmah, huh? Is it? So this means that it's not a level in the divine light, it's only the flaw of the divine in the way in Chachma and Yechelis. So the flaw is lower? Looks like it. Basically, means that they're not they're not level. They're not the distinct levels. They're just the whole the whole A is our plus is our flaw. What time is it? Let me think. Yeah. It's a little complicated here. I think he's saying. Let, let me read. Let's read to the end. And fundamentally, it's the and this is the meaning that the spheres in the infinite light are without an end. They're fundamentally mamish. And the sphere here is only that it's the revelation of Atmos Mamish, of the core itself. And therefore it's in this type of shapelessness of the infinite light. And then he says in the parentheses, He's summarizing it now. Because you see, it's complicated. The Rebbe Rashab is summarizing it. He says the content of what we just said, not the Kitzur, he's saying this in the Pnim, is that just like an Er Pnimi, what I just said, that even an internalized energy, according to the opinion that it's shapeless energies, before they create and, and shape the containers, the same thing as an Eir Ensef in the Bligvul. Also the way we say that it is Chochem and Abel. Because it doesn't come into containers. It says, okay, this helps. This parenthesis is a key parenthesis. I got it. One second, let me just sum it up before the kids are. I think I didn't say it exactly right. Remember, we're talking here about a level, Hodar, Arich, that is already manifesting in called Sviris brightness. But it doesn't have the shape of Sviris. It's Pshittis. He says, Mamish ain't safe like the, like the core. Right? 
One second. So he's saying like this. Even if you were to say that this level has in it the potential for Chacham and Bina, you have to say from the proof from the Erez Pshutim that's on a lower level that, it's, uh, that it does not really have a shape and form. So what he said, after the air comes into the Keli. Post facto, retroactive. What you said before, after the air comes into the Keli, it's the same air. We said that. That's for sure. It's the same air. No, that's not what we're talking about. No, 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 no. They're confusing me. The Keli doesn't change the air. But you're talking about, I'm not, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Eir HaBligvul now, not the Eir It's only a Raya. She's saying that even when you say, the question is, there's Shlila there. What I'm concerned with, I'm not clear here, where is there Shlila? Is there a negated thing in Atik, in Arich? In Atik there's nothing to negate because it's beyond completely. Or even in Arich you can't negate anything because it's on a different level. That's what I'm not clear about. See what I'm asking? Because first, he's, it's, it's appeared to me that he was saying, the previous chapter he said, the Yudir Sashli you can say in Arich, but you can't say it in Atik. And now he went on to say that... You can't say it in Arich either. The proof is that even on a lower level you can't say it, because the air never never assumes the properties of, of the Kalim, even air is premium. So for sure, Ibn Abligwal doesn't assume the properties. So if it doesn't assume the properties, you can't say negate. But he's saying, but then he says, when we say on this level that he's a chacham and he's able, we are not really mean that. We, we don't even mean shlila. We mean that he's completely beyond because the same power that gives chachma can give bina. That means pshitas. He's essentially also bringing that you can't say Yiddish Ashlil in Arich. That's what it looks like to me. It began a little differently, but I think that's where he's ending up. Need to have a bit on this. I got to think it through. There's the Hafla and there's the Eirein Sof itself. Huh? Why is he going to follow to this Shita, which he's not actually signing? First of all, the Shita is a true Shita, no matter what. Secondly, he wants to. He wants the Shita is a Emes Shita. So, but and the tzvaris are emes. So, according to that shita, it helps us understand. If he's if he was going to go now explain the shita that it's mitzuyarim, yeah, he, he won't. He wants to make a point that Eid Habligvul is really beyond everything. Even even according to the shita, it's mitzuyarim. Yeah, but but you understand it better according to the shita of pshutim because it's a kolshkin then. In other words, according to the shit of Mitzriyarim, you could say the Eir HaBligvul is something like the shit of Pshutim yeah. in the Eir HaPrimim. But it's not exactly, obviously. Right. I, 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 what I can't figure out is exactly where the Shlila stops and where you still have something. There's something in, in the words HaFlov, Ensef, and Eir Ensef, like you pointed out. I have to read it again. Okay, but at least we get the picture here. Bottom line is that they're spheres, but they're enkets, and they're fundamentally different because they're in a state of pshitus of atmos. So it's really a revelation. So all we know about God's personality, when we say God is a wise one and all that, Edis and Kelim and Atzilis, you can talk in Eifan and Chiyuv. Then there's a place where you have to say, He's not Chakim Valeba Chachmiyadiyah. Then there's a place where you can't even say that. It's all God's power, and wherever he, that power manifests, it's a chachmah, he's going to be perfect chachmah. It's going to be beauty, perfect beauty. Sviris ain't sof. That type of, I think that's what he's really trying to say here. 
that when he manifests, it manifests in a pshitazdika way. The thing was, I thought that that, that, that so that means shlila is even a lower level than that. Based on the pattern of the three of a goal, the way the Rebbe Shabbat goes, he always <coughs> does that. He goes, I'll go higher and higher, that even in hay, you know. Yeah, yeah. So let's read the Kitsur. We'll go over it again. Maybe the next chapter will clarify. Maybe the summary will help. The Kitsur. And this is the meaning that there's spheres possible in the infinite light. She'uin That's the That's the brightness. Gili Reveals the core. She'zeo That's precisely, specifically in the infinite light. Because the other light already has some type of shape, some type of some type of uh, definition. And because it's extension of this dimension, in other words, you could say spheres. Except they're adain kets, meaning infinite spheres, and at the core, qualitatively, they're they're ain't sof. They have no shape and form. According to the opinion that the energies are completely shapeless, the energy, the energy that emanates, wisdom, could also emanate Bina. So definitely this is the case in the infinite divine light. That that is Mufla, beyond. That he's grandeur, grand, grand, he's majestic, he's exalted in the level of He's not saying mufla mipchinas, he's saying mufla bipchinas. He's also wondrous in the level of hayecheles In other words, it's a it's a it's a certain equality going on in the hafla. <coughs> The flaw of it, yeah, that's the flaw. Right, he's bringing out the pshitis. In other words, it doesn't really matter if you're saying that he's infinite wisdom, infinite bina. It doesn't matter. It's chokma bina. It's infinite. One more wolf than the other, either, But you could, you could, you could, you could. For example, I'll give you an example. Let's say a, a, physis, a, a, a physicist can appreciate the divine through physics, and he sees the grandiosity of God there, and. Uh, uh, someone else will see it in a different way. That's already in tzir. Right. right, that's what he's trying to say. There's no tzir in it. No tzir. I, we have to listen. This needs a little more, a little eon. So what? It's good. I was getting a little complacent myself, so now it's time to to, to get to wake up and realize. Kenish, there's no there's no cruising here, my friends. You know, the plane gets to thirty thousand feet. You can cruise. This is like this. Mount Everest. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's like you're going like this all the time. Once in a while, it's a Okay, let's stop here. Let me do that. We did chapter 124, page 240 and 241. Guys, you can learn it and give me what you take on it. Listen.